Sledge Lords. We finally got a person of color on this podcast, and Danny came dressed appropriately. <sighs> Look at this man, dog. This is CRL. I know you want to come is, on here and you want to change the way we do things. I'm just here to let you know. This is Jerry Jones right here. It's like an habit. So you came the with billion. suspenders. We were talking about suspenders and how stupid they are earlier, and you already had suspenders on deck. Yeah, and that's why I like you less now, because you were trash-talking part of whole, my wardrobe. You have a whole trunk full of just different props, different costumes? I literally have a trunk full of props, yes. Since I sincerely do. As a true comedian. Yeah. So what yeah. Is the thing, what's the thing with the props? Because you got him. He's so regular. You know what I'm saying? You make him look like he's fucking... Uh, Fat Joe with the fits. And I never get told when he's going to dress up. He comes in in an Easter Bunny costume. No heads up. I'm just normal. I think it frees you up. Well, realistically, I'm not wearing anything weird anyway. It's not really my I style. I think you should try it. T-Row, what about your Easter Bunny costume? It's not happening. Why not? But why do you do it is the question. Because it spices things. if up? you throw on the costume, you get into a headspace in which you might not usually be. Like right now, I feel like lighting some fireworks and um, telling a Mexican to get out of my country. You know, I'm starting to feel this. more and more black the longer we're on this podcast because I'm really not relating to whatever you got going on right now. <laughs> you want me to put a jacket on? That no, last no, line, cool. man, Duno's not going to like that. We're going to have to it, jump you for that one. Duno, I apologize. See, listen, I'm speaking ironically here. I'm just thinking of like what a guy who carries around a flag and wears these suspenders would be thinking and saying. He probably lives in Tennessee, and he probably would be thinking Mexicans should get out of the country. Well, the, I, I like always, the flag. I always wonder why those people had those flags in the front of their houses is is that like a race thing is an american like a, flag yeah like you know hanging up we're american i mean seems but reasonable it's to me like symbolism right some yeah, type of symbolism we're, we're americans you know it symbolizes the fact that we are americans <laughs> it symbolizes fucking no i i will admit though i hate like i had a friend one time who like his sister just became woke and decided that she couldn't fuck with him anymore because he had an american flag in front of his house and I, I, as soon as I heard that, I was just like, oh, hell no. we got to stand up for the American flag. We just yeah. can't. We can't let act like the American flag is just inherently racist. Mm -hmm. I, I think it is. Is it? Why? We built this country on slavery. Yeah, but you how many. You guys are racist. But how many, how many black people have gotten fabulously wealthy in this country, too, relative to other countries? I mean, it's a lot. I, I mean, but probably, still, though, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I can name less, a couple. Less, right? It's less than white people, though. It's pretty, dude. The top ten billionaires list that doesn't mean is anything. Pretty stacked with black people. Just no, say, it's not. Dude, the top ten billionaires oh, oh, in America. Dude, okay, maybe not top ten, but what is it? I think Forbes just released a rich a list of like the richest people in America. It's Diddy and Jay Z. It's Diddy, Jay Z. But it's Rihanna. Like single, it's Oprah. They have like a billion or like. Two billion, worth, you're right. billion. Right. You're right. It's not like there's, there's people who have 20, hundreds of billions. Not very many, though. You it, need like a quarter billion to just get a yacht. And think about how many people have yachts. Yachts are like $10 billion? No. A quarter, 250 oh, a quarter million. billion. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry. Dude, it's been a long night for me. <laughs> hey, but T-Rell, I do think, I have been thinking about this, though, that like driving down, Adam's amused by my lack of brain function. <laughs> that always gets me. I, I have been, I've, I've been driving down streets in LA, and yeah. I do think... That when somebody has an American flag hanging in front of their house, I think that is a sub, not a subconscious, but a dog whistle. It's a secret, like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm not on board with the woke 
respect. Yeah. I believe in traditional American values. It's I think not. that's what people are saying, especially in L.A. And traditional American values has to do with a race, being racist. No, I, I think more like traditional marriage and like not crime. And Don't that take kind of my guns. Don't take my guns. That's what the American flag means to me. Free speech. It's a wobbler too with me. I was like, is, is this person racist or is this person really like has the true being an values? You got to admit like, that America has been values, pretty good to you, right? America has been All things pretty, considered. Yeah, yeah. Mr. And I'm not saying that you're... I haven't taken advantage of everything um, you know, America has to offer. But yeah, in a, it has been pretty good to me. I mean... Look at look at yeah. Look at T Rell's car versus my car. End of story, dude. I don't really know what kind of you what have kind of some car shitty got? car. I, I got a Mercury Sable, two thousand eight. <laughs> the trunk is full of props. He has leather jeans. <laughs> you have leather jeans and you have a Tesla X that cost one hundred and thirty grand. But you also have white privilege. I mean, that costs more than yeah, everything I, I have. I do. Yeah, Does I wouldn't give away my white privilege for the world. He has How like the opposite white of white privilege though, because he said so many horrible things that now he's viewed as like the worst kind of white person. Myself as well, really. Damn. We kind of gave up our white privilege by not playing the game, don't you think? Those are shitty hmm. things that you did in the past. <laughs> I, uh, did you give them up? <laughs> See, uh, he did nothing. Tell me what the most shitty thing is. I don't yeah, think we want to have to go back to this. Yeah, I don't think we need to go back. I, I I've think never it's, been here, so where Wait, you, you go never back? got a chance to question him? I thought you've done he this has. before. We, oh. have. we did it once on a No Jumper Tuesday show. Okay, you know more you now that you're All more right. upset by Because I don't want to stop you if you're genuinely upset. Huh? If you really think that he has stuff to atone for, I don't want to stop that. But atonement's I mean, always good. I do feel like we've kind of. I'm just done saying that. he's done shitty things, and I just wondered when it, when did the, um, when did you want to quit doing shitty things? I don't think anything I did was unforgivably shitty. Are you talking about pooping on the Martin Luther King mirror? Yes. Yeah, that's, so, I feel like that kind of stands alone for a lot of people. Let me say that I think it's been twisted. And now the truth in many No Jumper fans' eyes is that I personally took a shit on the Martin Luther King Memorial. Yeah. It was a guy named Kahuna who's Hawaiian as fuck. And again, it's kind of a toss-up who's been more a abused. What's that? A wobbler. Either. Yeah, so why are you snitching on him, huh? I, he's, he did it on camera. He was very open about doing it. I, um, and I do say in that clip that I, that I think this has gone too far and I feel kind of bad about this. But then again, I did chuckle at it lightly, too. I apologize. I, I, yeah, I don't think that was cool. Yeah. I admit that that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. But you filmed another man shitting on it. Uh, technically, my cameraman filmed another man shitting on it. So I really feel like you're kind of on. You're, you're good. Is there anything to that, T-Rail? I didn't film it and I didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, it did come out on your YouTube channel. But it was on your channel. <laughs> so I did you're platform responsible it. for it. I platformed it. That's and true. you know that he recently did. drove a black man into homelessness. That is on Kazumi, I think. <laughs> I think that was on an Asian woman. So again, oh, wobbler. Because Croc, he's supposed to fuck you. Me? Yeah. Croc said he was going to fuck you at one point. He said he was going to have sex with me? Yeah, like he hates that. you I now. miss that too. Oh, okay. But I don't think he's planning to rape him as revenge. <laughs> I think his, Although I don't time, think Every time he talks shit, he talks about raping somebody. It shouldn't so. be off the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah he, no, he has beef with uh, Jason Ellis because he said he wanted to basically hunt him down in the parking lot and, and rape him after a jiu-jitsu match. Yeah. I Are you guys that. still friends? You and Croc? He is coming back to us. He's apologized to me, and he's apologized to my partner. He said he was going to okay. murk my partner, Leo. Yeah. So he said some stuff. None of them involved rape, man-on-man -man rape. Yeah. Which is good. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, how did that whole thing go down with you and him? Uh, like, how did that conversation, what was that like when you went in there with Kazumi and you just watched him actually have sex with Kazumi? Like, what, what was that conversation like? Croc was like, hey, come on. 
you know, come look at me. He was allegedly, he was like hard, and then you came in the room and he ceased to be hard, right? Yeah, which is deeply insulting, actually. Right. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> I mean, t No, because you was like, yo, I seen that thing bigger than that. You think I was talking shit on his penis size? Yeah. I think it was mostly the fans that were talking shit on the penis size once Kazumi's clip leaked. Jamie loves small penises. I do. But King Croc doesn't have a small penis. I've seen his dick rock hard. The thing's pretty big. It just wasn't in full form Did that you day. Grab it. I touched it. Squeeze. It, it, it had a certain <laughs> texture to it, Adam. Just squeeze the homie's cock. Mm, oh no, I like you. Just squeeze the homie's cock. See, that's how we use. That's it. how we communicate on this program, TRL. Why didn't you jump in and, and get some hair from Kazumi? Because I'm not an animal, TRL. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna run over there with my cock out. This is Harvey oh, Weinstein. Oh, you having a hard time? Well, let me get my rocks on. <laughs> Why not? Suck it. Suck she it does porn. She's going crazy. She's going for the DP. I mean, that video would have been a hot commodity. Imagine what she could have sold that shit for if I would have hopped in there and gotten sucked. Yeah, if you hopped in there, it would have been crazy, That would have been some wild shit, dude. That would have been... Um, it would have been a black man, an Asian woman, and uh, a white man. That's something. That's I like it, though, because... I don't know if you know about this, but Danny, we attempted to do an episode of Plug Talk where Danny came with his homie, his friend, who did not have the biggest penis in the world, let's just say. And he was wearing a wrestling singlet along with multiple medals that he had won wrestling. And he had taken Viagra and he was drinking. Uh, I forget what he was drinking, but he was drinking beer or something. And um, he proceeded to fuck a porn star that we know, but he basically got a little too nasty. Tried to touch her butthole a few too many times. She was a little bit grossed out by the fact that he had something resembling a herpy on his lip. And uh, the footage ended up getting scrapped, and we didn't actually get to put it out. So I'm now saying that, like, Danny Mullen seems to kind of maybe be the X factor when it comes to, you know, fun content sex. That, like, as soon as you're there, it feels like maybe things just go for a little bit of a loop. Yeah, I'm the Bermuda Triangle of porn shoots. <laughs> but probably without you, nobody Plains would be gumbus. fucking, period. That's what we were talking about. On this camera. Last pod, we were talking about this. TRL, I'm sure you've had similar thoughts. Is Danny Mullen boosting the economy by employing people or is he exploiting people? My thing is, as long as I'm getting them laid, how can you say I'm not boosting the economy and making people happy? You're doing both. It's a wobbler. It's a wobbler. Yeah. You, He's you trying know, to turn the wobbler thing you into know what like the a wobbler slogan. thing. You know what that is? A wobbler, I'm from context, I'm picking up that it's something that's a little good, a little bad, it's a little okay. iffy, a little bit of a gray okay, area. Okay, damn. I watched smart. A, Sometimes uh, I gotta fucking explain it to I, people. I, I saw I don't watch sports TV, but the other day I saw Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz talking about Stephen A. Smith and the fact that Stephen A. Smith got into an argument on his podcast because he was pissed off that his co host is always saying that things are interesting. Like he'll be like, I think it's quite interesting that this and such and such football player did this. And Stephen A. Smith got upset because he's saying, nobody is tuning in to hear you say that things are interesting. Mm -hmm. They want you to say that it's good, that it's bad, that you mm -hmm. like it, that you don't like it, and they want to hear why. But as soon as you start saying it's interesting, people start to tune out because they're like, well, what the fuck? What am I even watching this for? And I'm aware that one of my cliche things is that after somebody gives a long-winded answer on the podcast, I'll go, interesting, because I don't know what the fuck else to say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I do kind of feel like Wobbler might be like a Figueroa interesting because <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything 
it's just kind of like a funny way of saying like I don't know. Yeah, you got to pick a side, T. Yeah, it is a funny way of things, and when you break it down like that, you know that. <laughs> but that that that's conversation too. It's better like than you, interesting. Yeah, for sure, that conversation yeah. you talking about like that. He took he that the guy he was talking about like he didn't he took everything out of context. He did he didn't like that at all, you know. And they almost got into like a heated heated argument to mm-hmm. where he started getting personal with him too because he was criticizing him on camera, right. which you do too a lot. Mm. You don't. You can't be criticizing me right there in the moment. But in some instances, it it works because if you criticize me right there in a moment, like I'm a sometimes I might get upset, but for sure I'm not gonna do that shit again. For sure, there's a lot of stuff that I agree. It would be better to save it for off camera, but also like there's an extent to which to me podcasting is just kind of contentious conversation. So to me, it's like in that moment, if somebody's saying something that I consider kind of just like bad podcasting as we've reiterated over and over it's like there's part of me that wants to point it out in that moment because i feel like the conversation about the conversation Mm -hmm. is to me like just as interesting and certainly like has more depth to it it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not you know there's something to it it's not just like oh us like agreeing on everything but i also feel because like there's there's been times where like i've thought about like telling danny in the moment on here i'm like oh i don't think we should do this but then i'm like oh no i'll, I'll just mention it after and, like then, I, and then i never mention it after no like oh. those suspenders and the fucking easter bunny outfit. i'm pretty all right with that i think the suspenders so you, you love the easter bunny outfit i myself got my dick sucked by four girls while wearing an easter bunny costume one time <laughs> and i believe 2018 so i have a, a thing for the easter bunny costume yeah Adam. and Spence. it might have been the only time i ever busted a nut where i couldn't see what was happening mm-hmm. i was just standing there in my easter bunny helmet and it felt really good but i couldn't see it how do you feel about you know the porn thing you, you never like wanted to enter it and go and plug talk with uh adam go on plug talk cross yeah. swords with my boy adam 22 why not create some jizz for me you know it's danny mo it's just it, create some jizz you for got me. the little chest hair going mr burns you know like i i would say this usually hot chicks like to go out to the club with yeah. at least one fat girl to make themselves look better cock to cock i would be adam's cock's fat girl okay mm. it, it, it would be there to make his look big and that wouldn't be good for me and my brand wouldn't that be so great if me and you were just like a pussy getting duo right now fuck it let's make it a trio if we were like let's just buds and we went to the club, and we were in the, all these different sections every night, and we were just in there trying to meet chicks together. Mm. It's like so different because we already have like you know, I mean, T. Rell never had the conversation about like, oh, this girl, she's hot. Like we should, we should go gangbang her together. Do you got a certain type like, uh, like Latina? Are you like white girls, or you know what I'm saying? Like where, where would you go after? My type, I think, is I'm not too big into Latina girls. I don't know what it is. It's the racism. <laughs> it's the American flag. Fuck you. I don't know why. I, what I like you talking about? I know you see this as a symbol of me not wanting to fuck any girls other than whites. This like, means not welcome. I like black girls because oftentimes black girls are very, I associate them with curves and I like me them curves. White girls are okay. I'm going to have to say that the top of my fuck Mount Olympus is Asian girls. Is an Asian girl. Mm. I wow. love the Asian girls. If and, uh, I could live another life, I, I might have an Asian wife. And why? Write that down. That was a good bar. And, and I'll tell you why. They play piano. They'll rub your feet. They're very obedient. Their obedient is the number one thing. I feel like they don't eat enough. Like, like they, they, they <laughs> seem like, like when I went to China, I was kind of astonished by how small their meals were. And I feel like that might cause some problems. I was like, yeah, make, I know you're making yourself like one egg and like some, some, 
you know, salad on the side for, for breakfast. And that's being generous. But I'm going to need six slices of bacon and some sausage and six eggs. The way they proportion a food, though, but but the way they prepare it and it's cooked so well and seasoned so well, you would just get over that. Because the first time I went to Nobu and they brought out the That's fucking, not what they eat in Asia, bro, though, for look, the record. Have, have you been to Chinatown, dude? Have you ever seen those chicken feet hanging in the window? Bro, that's what real Chinese that's food is, chi- yes. That's yeah, why they're so but, skinny. But small portions, if you talk of small portions... They, I asked for a taco and I finna, thought I was getting a regular taco. Oh, at Nobu? Dude, and they bring you the three little tiny ass tacos? Bro. <laughs> T-Row, that's where Kanye West and David Spade eat, dude. Yeah. That's not where like a Chinese woman goes for dinner. Yeah. It's $1,500 for a meal And because when you're there. eating the chicken foot, you will be astonished by how little meat there is on there. It's just like the little palm, Bro. like the little pocket right here. And then the rest of it, it's like, this is not an efficient food. This is way dumber than any food I've ever eaten in America. Like yeah. this, this makes a fucking chicken breast or a drumstick seem like ingenious oh, in comparison. Yeah. Oh, I, I got yeah, a theory. Who, while we're eating the chicken feet in China, who's eating the rest of the chicken? Rich people that apparently we're not allowed to socialize mm. with. I got a theory I want to run by T-Roll. Like, it's on the subject of chicken feet. I've noticed, especially in 2020, and I guess historically in Los Angeles, there's been tension between the Asian and the black communities. Oh yeah. And I've noticed, because a lot of the guys who watch No Jumper, they accuse me of being weird. They say, <laughs> I don't like Danny Mullen. He's a fucking weirdo. And I I have strolled many times through Chinatown in San Francisco. And if there's one way to describe Chinatown, it's pretty fucking weird, dude. There's frog testicles and, and fish brains and chicken feet up for sale in the windows. Do, do black people look at those sorts of choices that Asian people make and be like, that's weird? And I'm is not that a, to look at their food choices and call them weird? I mean, stop I, eating eyeballs. I mean, a lot of people' food choices, a lot of uh, you know, different cultures' food choices is pretty weird to me. But you know, I can't determine you know what type of person you are. You would much rather talk shit them. about us not seizing our chicken well enough, or whatever. why not? You know, I've, I've I walked into a, a Hispanic res, uh, grocery market and I've seen fucking goat heads cut off and <laughs> <Hispanic>? whole fish. <laughs> goat <laughs> like, heads, like bro, like whole. He- when I was younger, it was whole. Heads in that motherfucker. What the fuck are you gonna do with a goat head? I don't know. It was it was heads in that bitch. Whole fish eyeballs still there. It was crazy. Like when I was younger, but you know that was pretty weird. But. That's why we should be so lucky that we have Whole Foods and Erewhon and all these places that don't have smelly, weird, useless fucking meats on the shelves. Because I have a lot of memories like that of being young and living in bad neighborhoods and going to the grocery store, and there's just so much weird shit in there that I don't even want to be exposed to. Yeah, it was. Like young when I was younger it was weird shit, but no, I would call. I don't think you know the tension is between uh, blacks and Asians. I think you know we're just fucking. I think a lot of black people are just fucking rude. You're just talking about like the the riots and like the. I mean, there's that that conflict between like the people living in the neighborhoods and the people who run the fucking supermarkets and the bodegas in those yeah. areas because also like hurry up and buy the fucking classic menace society situation where the the dude gets fucking killed in there and shit it's like i don't know i mean all that has kind of like created this like stereotype also a lot of rappers rapping about robbing the homes of asian people and stuff but in terms of like day-to-day shit I don't feel like that's like a huge thing. The the Hispanic versus black thing is more of like a consistent thing that you mm. hear people talk about, even though that's kind of cooled off a lot, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, yeah, the Asian thing is not like as deeply implemented as like the the, the Hispanic thing. Like the Hispanic you, thing is kind of like okay, because we're really next to our neighbors. But you almost like, will yeah, never yeah, ever yeah. hear about a black gang beefing with an Asian gang, besides like the the couple Asian gangs that we know of and stuff. But you don't hear about that very often. Whereas you hear about Mexicans and black people getting yeah, into for it. Sure. Okay, there's not a lot of Asian gangs anyway. I yeah. mean, but when you go to jail though, mm. we're the best of friends. The Asians, the or Asians, the, the blacks. Wow. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's like one Asian, Asian guy black, in jail Samoans, at a given time. Like, Samoans. Yeah, like, you know, that that group is going with blacks. And then you have your Hispanics and then you have your whites. Hmm. But those Asians, we're, we're coming, we're clicking up. Tyrell, if you were in prison, would you fuck a he, she? <laughs> for life. You're in there for life. For life. You are fucking crazy, dog. <laughs> See, this is why, they, this so is look, why people okay, don't look, like me. I'm weird. If I was in prison... <laughs> For life. He's yeah. not going to be able to go to his hood day if he says yes. First of all, <laughs> look, first of all, I would try to get married and then fuck a, a you know, a lady of 600 pound life. One of those ladies or something. I'll so Heather's get, out the window. <laughs> you're going to get a fat white wife. If, just hypothetically okay. thinking. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to get married to a lady outside. I mean, Heather's probably going to have guard. to do something else. You can right? fuck a guard. Yeah. If you got game, you can probably fuck a check guard. Yeah. You can fuck a guard. You, you got, if you got, game, if you got though, money, dude. you can sell drugs. You can, you can deal it. You can will it and deal it in there, man. So yeah, if you get 40 I years, I can pay for the pussy in there. You're just going to let Heather do her thing if you get 40 years? If I get 40 years, she can do her thing. Yeah, There's no um, way for me to... Why would I hold a woman down and, and and be there and try to be faithful to me? I'm never fucking getting out of jail. Just go ahead and live your life. If she's dog. just nice to you on the phone, that's like the most you can ask for at that point, don't you think? Yeah. Would can, you fuck a hishi? You at least get some head. I know you would get some, listen, at least get some head. I, this, I resent how you asked me a question and then you filled in your own answer before I had a chance <laughs> to defend like myself. I just knew it. I fuck it, you. People are going to clip that. They're like, Danny Mullen fucks hishis. <laughs> no, I... um. I am not into it. I right now, maybe the surgeries will improve and maybe one summer night when I'm very, very drunk, I'll change my mind. We'll start with a hand job, work from there. But as of right now, I'm not looking to do it. Can you be criticized for fucking a transgender that's all the way transformed into a woman and has a pussy? You I mean, can and will be criticized for sure. I mean, you can be criticized for fucking a girl who's a real girl. She's just a lazy eye. You remember the Seinfeld man hands episode? She wasn't even trans. She just had big hands. Oh, and yeah. It was enough for a whole episode to be based on it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're ruthless. I mean. Would to, you do it? Listen, I feel I've, I have met a lot of very attractive trans women. Like. I Dick feel cut off though. Dick is gone. In many cases, no. But I'm just saying I've met enough trans people at this point that I could say that I pretty much am aware of what the top one percent of looking like a chick is. Yeah. I've seen impressive things. But to me, it's a it's a bridge too far. I don't really want to dabble in that pond. Not ready yet. That's crazy. We'll get there. And it just dawned on me that what I'm doing right now, I'm talking about trans women. I it's just it we have a history with this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it came to me. So, how do you feel? You feel me? Um, about being involved in the most messiest, craziest, you know, what I'm saying, time at no jumper ever. You that know what is I'm fair. It probably was the messiest, craziest thing that's ever happened here. Here, ever. At least between hosts and whatnot. Well, I'll say this. First of all, I'm resentful that I haven't been cut in on the AdSense checks from all those videos that went viral. Yeah. I want a cut of that because really, you know, it was... It was because of you. But and to answer that question seriously, 
I think it's uh, it was just like an unfortunate situation. We were going to cut everything out. We tried to cut everything out. And my dumb, weird ass is over here in the mic like, man, sorry, how's fun? We need to be with But I can't like, really blame you because the part that didn't get cut out was compared to the rest of it was like whatever. It was like it's just bad luck that you ended up being the one thing that forgot that they forgot to cut out. Right? Yeah, I, I guess T-Roll to answer the question. I don't feel bad about it because we planned on cutting it out. And also, I was the most ignorant as far as who knew what at No Jumper. I thought that was already a known fact around the office because of how casually Gracie was talking about it. So I don't feel like I could have really done too much differently. I should have had more respectful tone toward House Phone when I was joking about it. That was a little uncool. But I haven't been beating myself up over it. And I'm just grateful to be aboard in crazy times. So you are sympathetic about the situation, basically. I, um, as far as sympathetic to house phone. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's not cool for somebody who you hook up with and you assume in confidence to come on to a podcast and start telling everybody about it. She really hasn't gotten her due as being the true villain in this story. Don't you think? I I'd like to swap myself out for her. I think she she I think <laughs> I she got too. I think she got the she's been villainized. Well, because sure. I keep asking trans people like how they feel about the situation, and they all seem to be pretty on board with the idea that you don't just go expose people or whatever. Whereas Gracie was very open about this after the fact, where she said in her YouTube video about it, she said that as soon as she saw me at the convention and she realized that she was going to be able to get on camera for me for a second, that she planned on exposing phone from the yeah. beginning that that was that was the big plan so kudos to her for pulling it off i, I guess dude imagine how big a douche we would be if we exposed just a regular heterosex partner like yeah britney right? stevens fucking tap that <laughs> shit tap that shit met her at hyde nightclub like it, it, i would never do that yeah and it's even when it crosses a social t- i understand gracie doesn't see it as a taboo mm. but when it's a little bit taboo you should be Maybe courteous. I will say that the, the thing that in retrospect does seem kind of odd to me is that they did have a music video together and that they had like a bunch of photos together and shit. And that like she she did say during it, like he never told me not to say anything, hmm. which in retrospect, I'm like, he probably should have told you not to say anything. Hmm. I feel like I would probably have that conversation if I was going to do that. Yeah, I think I, pr- I think it's pretty much common sense that we not finna say anything if we've done anything i mean because that's just not in their character right i mean they it's not in their nature to go out and and, and share the business because you really don't hear about how many trans people fuck with this person or this person their business is just like really not out there. it's kind of like a secret society almost because you do those uh a lot of rappers have done it a lot of sports players but we kind of really don't know it yeah elephant in the room (laughs) i mean but you will you will have uh, like you say, a tiger. He, you say, oh yeah, he's done this with, but that person hasn't came out and said, yeah, I've done it and I fucked with him. Like, is there's no person that has came out yet, and, you know, and really solidified that shit. But the crazy thing to me is that, and not to make him fucking part of this because I like him and I got nothing against him, but I've had multiple different trans people sit on this fucking podcast and just blatantly like call him out, but not not from themselves having done anything, but just saying. Everybody knows that so and so like that these people hooked up with him or whatever. Not not Housewife Tiger. We're now talking about sure. And uh, I don't know. It's just like that. That's kind of weird. What it's like such a badly kept secret that like other people are just talking about it who have nothing to even fucking do with it. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about this? Guys like Tiger T. Rel. What is it about these people in particular? 
that makes them attracted to transgender people. And do you think they look th- like women? But do you? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Some of so them look women. better than actual women. But do you think that, there's some truth to that? There, there's some truth. Now, I mean, if you really dig around under the hood, you might not think it's so womanly, but. And also, I mean, it's not. I mean, that, if you're getting fucking freaky enough, and you know, and and you know, you, you you coming from the club, and that she looks like a fucking supermodel, and she whip out the thing, <laughs> and you high enough, some people gonna actually do it. They like fuck, I ain't gonna touch it, but at least bend over. I don't know. I don't know what's going through niggas' minds, but well, that's just it's crazy. Well, let me ask you this, because there seems to be a stereotype that it's more often than not black. High status men. Fuck out of here. Fucking Dude, don't, don't read that fucking shit. Is that the stereotype? Uh, it seems the like stereotype it. type is your ass. It might be because my source on this one is Adam. <laughs> well, Adam is just black, black, rappers no. love trans girls. Rappers love trans yeah, girls. No. I hear that though. So you yeah. think white guys are just as likely to go out fucking trans chicks as of black? Of course. Girls. And the Asian guys too. Asian guys love trans girls. That's do that. Thailand, dude. Yeah, Thailand. I think it's going the, crazy the, in Thailand. Uh, you know, it's a lot of boys, transformation dude. TikToks where they say they go into Thailand and then two weeks into Thailand and then a year into Thailand and they turn into a whole girl. Really? That's crazy. I We're remember going to Thailand, boys. I went to Thailand when I was 19 and, and you I fucked a trans. I did not, but I <laughs> had probably never seen a trans person before. Or, you know, besides, like, I think there was like an old lady that was actually a dude who was like walking around downtown where I grew up and shit. But then all of a sudden I'm in Thailand, I'm 19 or 20, and I'm looking at like, you know, six and a half foot tall fucking women and stuff with huge fake boobs, fake ass. This is back in the day. This is like 2003. And I'm seeing this technology right in front of my fucking eyes. And there were multiple times in which I might have been staring at somebody for like 10 seconds before I was just like, oh, wait. Women, women are not that tall. Like this is, <laughs> I've been misled in some way. <laughs> women, vaginas do not look like oh that. Oh my god! I tell you, one of the story of one of my friends. He was on fucking uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, and he got chased. Oh my yeah, god! He got chased. He, was he didn't want to pay up. He said it was the scariest <laughs> thing in the world. He said he thought he was gay. He was a real buff guy. He was like, "Hey, come here, bro!" And he was like. Nah, bro. And he was like, hey, come here, come here. And he said, he started running. He started running after him. He was like, oh. I was like, that's the scariest shit uh, ever. I don't want no shit like that. No, because we had an office after the Melrose store. We had an office on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. And it was like, I would stop by the 7 Eleven quite often as I was leaving there. And it was crawling with cross dressers and prostitutes and fucking whatever. And I remember the night that I decided I was never going back to that seven eleven because I got hit with the ooh, she looked good. They said that to you? Yeah. Wow. I don't even understand it. You got hit on. They were implying that I was something to fuck. But they called you a she? Yeah. That's, that's prison. That's talk, what they dude. do. That's what <laughs> that's the aggressive. fucking gays do, my friend. That's what they do if they want to dehumanize you because oh it happened God. to me another fucking time too, where I hang out with this girl off Tinder and she was a stewardess, like on uh, like she be on the plane, whatever. And I think it's she, sexist now to call them stewardesses. Whatever. They're, and, they're and flight airline attendants. Attendant. Right, yeah. It's neutral. She takes me to her house that she was staying at, and it turns out that it's basically like a flop house for people who are kind of like need a place to stay for X period of time while they're working as stewardesses or whatever. So in, in translation, she's the only girl staying in this house. It's like fucking seven gay dudes just hanging out. And as soon as I walk in, I hear like, well, isn't she a tall drink of water or some shit like that? Oh my God! You that has to be the most uncomfortable situation. But it was weird because the planet. Earth. I was able to act as if I didn't understand because you know he used the she. I, yeah. I just like registered in my head, but I didn't say anything about it because I didn't want to seem like weirdly 
aggressive in front of this girl who yeah. I was trying to fuck. Spoiler, yeah. I did not fuck. But Well, I'm fucking handicapped, so if shit like that happened to me, I'm going to be really scared. Or perhaps a judo trip. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, proven. Check yeah. the shorts channel for no jumper. Uh, bro, like, fuck it. If, uh, what if somebody tackled me and hold me down, bro? You got to learn some jujitsu, bro. You got to get some mace like Charleston with One White. arm? Yeah, the, uh, there's one of the Machado brothers. One of the Machado brothers has one hand. And one hand? One badass. He's a badass. Uh, let's do it. You know what, Tyrell? I want to ask you this. Have you ever been to, because you said the most uncomfortable situation a man can be in is walking into a stewardess flop house and getting hit on by dudes. Have you ever been to a gay club? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, being in the gay club bathroom, that's the most uncomfortable situation for a straight man to be in. Really? What are they doing? That is crazy. I've never even heard nobody say that, but you to bring that up is like really crazy. Wait, Dude, what, what, it, what are they doing? Okay, what the it, fuck are you doing in a gay bar? Think about the vibes. Oh, the vibes. Oh, the vibes. The vibes is way insane. The vibes, <laughs> the, word, the vibes can be best described as sexual assault. Yeah. Okay. And one P, one P. Granted, it was a long pee because I've been slamming <laughs> cores all night. I got my ass grabbed twice, and one guy made a grab for my cock. What? Couldn't quite get it, but he was stretching out that arm. Dude, it was, and I thought it was hilarious because here's what happened, T-Rell. Let me explain. You were hyped to get your penis pinched? Let me, let me just explain this to T-Rell because I'm afraid T-Rell's going to go back to some of the other shows and report like that Danny's just a complete weirdo. But <sighs> I was seems, there. Seems likely. It seems likely, but I was there, T-Rell, because my friends and I figured out that the best place to pick up chicks as a straight guy are the gay bars. The best place. The girls who are there, they have their guards completely down. Nobody is hitting on them, but they've been dancing for a couple of hours, and they're drunk. And so if you do hit on them and you are straight, they're going to be very receptive. There's simply no competition. So we found that out, and we would go there, and we would hook up with girls. And because we were doing that, and because that's abusing the purpose of a gay club, which is for dudes to suck cock, not dudes to get pussy. I was okay with letting the gay people grab my ass. It was a concession. If if one of them had slammed you against the wall, yanked your shorts down, and sort of lubed your asshole up with their spit and just jammed their hard cock in you, would that have been a worthy concession? I feel like for every three girls I pull out of the gay club, one gentleman has the right to do that to me. Mm. I can get raped once, provided I get three pussies. It's not really rape at that point once you've conceded to allowing some of them through. What the fuck am I on right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of stuff we talk about on there. Oh, my God. I think I got I to gotta oh, get a little bit cooler. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What have I been set up? And Mikey is sitting over here on the side. Over here just laughing. He's like, these dudes is crazy. I think we're going to put this out on a Saturday, too. So shout out to everybody who ends up having a gay-ass Saturday after mm. listening to this. Yeah. So, you get, so you'll let a dude fuck you at least one time if you get the fuck three girls on a gay club. You know, I'm I'm joking, T-Rell. <laughs> no, he's not. In, in reality, if a guy no, tried to lube that. up my booty with his spit, as Adam put it, very, it's always very descriptive, whatever Adam. Because like, the thing is, like Adam, he knows I'm not gay, but Adam knows that if he describes something in enough detail happening to me that's gay, then in the audience's head it's sort of real, and mm. I become like 50% gay. Well, I so resent that. I, I would love to tell you about uh, Zay Hilfiger, a.k.a. Juju on that beat kid who so i interviewed this dude the other day and he he came out in i 
think uh, 2015, 2016, around that era with this song. And it's like a dance anthem. You're familiar, I'm sure. It's just sort of like fun. Hey, shake that booty. I forgot how it goes. Juju on the beat. It's just, it's basically like a song that's just commanding people to dance in a variety of different ways, right? So that song comes out. It does 50 million views or something. Ends up being this big hit. He gets signed or whatever. And then soon after that, you know, the career kind of starts to slow down and everything. So he does, I think, you know, probably around pandemic time, he decides to do something that a lot of people decided to do around that time. He decides to start OnlyFans. Uh-oh. But where's this going? The thing is, I'm with you, dude. On his OnlyFans, he's doing a lot of extra shit. I'm pretty sure I saw him shoving a McDonald's hamburger wrapper up his asshole. He's fucking Did he really do that? I think it was something. There was some sort of paper going in his ass. I forget. Maybe <laughs> it was a flower. I forget. But it was like he's he's got glass dildos. He's fucking letting girls pa- I, I I can't even remember like everything cuz he was trying to correct the record about some of the shit, stuff he was doing, but I interviewed him the other day and his basic explanation is like, "Hey, I got into the OnlyFans thing and realistically if you're a dude on OnlyFans, like 80 percent of your followers are going to be dudes gay dudes and so you got to play the game you got to start doing the shit that they want to do so but he, i mean he admitted like one of the the captions on one of his tweets was so what i'm a straight guy who loves to suck cock and i was like well that doesn't really sound like you're just doing it just because people are asking you to do it in the dms it yeah. kind of seems like that's something that you actively want to do yeah now that I'm thinking about it, you just opened up a whole new way for single guys, single straight guys that haven't been thinking about that, to go to a gay club to pick up women. Everybody that's going to be looking at this right now is some some people are going to be like, hmm. I've kind of like accidentally done it because they're, you know, the Abbey in West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went there one night with Did my I say, girl. Oh, yeah, too quickly there. Oh, fuck oh yeah. yeah. I know oh, the yeah. Abbey. No, because I, I used to order chicken sandwiches off their fucking Postmates thing uh, all the time. And then yeah, finally, sure, my girl tells me one night, like, we're going to the Abbey. I'm like, oh, we're going. And we, and we were meeting up with this fucking hot ass red haired porn star girl to hook up with her because at that time we weren't doing it on camera we were just doing it whatever and we ended up meeting two other hot ass chicks while we were there and we went back to some fucking hotel room with me my girl these three hot chicks and then some older woman who was in the porn industry who was just kind of hanging out doing coke and shit so it was kind of weird i was like banging like four girls in front of my uh, in front of or three girls in front of my girl and this sort of older lesbian woman was your girl participating I think at the time she was mostly doing and the you coke. You picked them up from a gay bar? Yeah, cuz they were just hanging out at the bar and then like I'm I'm maybe I'm the only source of like heterosexual dick in the bar. It just like I it's such a bizarre situation. I'm with my girl, we're hanging out with another girl and then we somehow meet two more girls who are down to fuck and then a gr- a granny. There she was just hanging out, but there's slut energy in the air at the gay bar. There is, dude. But you, you didn't gotta go, through go. The, but you didn't go through the same situation he went through. He went to the men's bathroom and got groped. Uh, I spent most of my night in there. It is kind of crazy cuz I feel like I probably went to the bathroom multiple times throughout the night and it, I definitely wasn't assaulted or I would have remembered. You know, I, maybe because I was going to hardcore Sacramento gay bars. The yeah. Abbey is borderline a tourist attraction. Yeah. So maybe they're a little cooler about it. Mm-hmm. it. The local gay watering hole in Sacramento, if you walk through the door, you're giving consent for whatever happens there. <laughs> but no, Adam's right, dude. Like, dude, your batting average in a gay bar is going to be so fucking high. But every gay bar is created so differently, though, because one time I was... Um, I, I was at uh, the movies with this girl. We're on a little date, 
and then we say, let's go to a bar. She looks up the nearest bar. We hop into Uber. We go to this bar. We don't realize as we're entering it that it's a gay bar. As soon as we get in there, I swear to God, I see five hairy-ass fat men in a mm. conga line holding each other's hips, just dancing. You could feel it in the air, the vibe. Like, the tension is this. It, well, there's no tension. It's just everybody wants to fuck each other. Yeah. And I walk in with this girl. I'm holding her hand so fucking tight. Yeah. Just, like, straight up, like, trying to stay glued to her. It was a different kind of gay bar. There was no fucking chicks in this bar. Like, I brought, like, the first fucking girl of the whole night from what I could tell. Uh -huh. And so in those sort of situations, you're probably not going to get laid. You're just going to get molested. Yeah, you can't go to... <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's pretty crazy. For some people, that might be the reason to go to that kind of would, bar. Would you guys ever swing? I mean, you're talking to Adam 22. I haven't done it, though. I, no, I know, like, technically, you haven't done it without a camera rolling. No, but he you hasn't, also but just you told a story. Another, ma um, another man. Oh, that's swinging. Yeah, that's swinging. Okay, yeah, I'm so sorry. we got to trade off. You want to do this? Would you trade off with me? <laughs> Who's getting the better part of the deal? <laughs> because you have to balance it like you know if we were to it's agree that if we were to agree that one of the girls was hotter then it becomes a conversation of how much do you or i lower their value mm. or increase their value because we there was but like one time where i talked about it a long time ago with my girl because at a certain point we just kind of decided we didn't want to do this right and but there was one dude who suggested it to me and his girl was super fucking hot and to be honest, he was not at all. So uh, I was like, she I, didn't want to do I, was, it. I was just like thinking about it. And I mentioned it to her and she's just like, if you think that you're going to get to fuck her and I'm going to have to fuck him, hell fucking no. So that made me realize like, oh, this isn't going to be easy to come to like a conclusion on. But because if, if you're a swinger, I really, if I want to fuck the girl, she's probably not going to want to fuck the dude. But if you're a swinger, it's just not like, okay, you get to take my bitch off to the side and close the door and I don't see what's going on. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is? I think so. I mean, I, mean, I think why we just can't be in the same room and then we just switch I think off. it would be, on average, it would be more common to do it in the same room. But definitely some swingers, it's like, Let me take oh, your bitch. We, yeah, like, oh, we go, we meet up at the bar and we all have drinks together and shit and then at some point, I go back to my hotel room with your girl and you go I feel like some people are doing it like hardcore like that. Oh, and no, maybe all that's, night. That's crazy. Maybe we that's meet cheating. up for brunch in the morning. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to. Nice eggs Benedict. I, I, I've <laughs> just kind of came to the realization at a certain point that like you're playing with fire. Like yeah, you, may, maybe you would like it. Maybe it would be fun. Feels like for me at least there's like a way bigger chance that it would just get so you messy think if you and would, bad. So you think if your girl was to fuck another guy swinging, you think she'll be attracted and she'll start growing feeling for him? Mm. I don't. Uh, it's I don't more know. likely that she would. Let's swinging bring Danny over she, for breakfast. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, Adam's got nothing to worry I about. I wouldn't be that worried about him banging my girl, to be honest. That's insulting, and I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I know exactly where he's going with this. But Show me his porno Danny's on this free? show. But <laughs> No, the real shit. question, though, is would you be able to do this with fucking Brian Pumper or Jason Love? And, and you kind of... Oh. In your head, there's a big chance that this dude is laying way better pipe than you're capable of, right? I think you me, watching that, that's how, like, if nah, you could watch man, that I'm and you were hyped down, on it, man. that means you were born to do that shit. If you could watch that shit and it pisses you off, you probably shouldn't be doing that, yeah. right? Yeah, for me, TRL, the single biggest issue I would have with a girl, with a guy fucking my chick is, is his cock bigger than mine? Mm. Now, playing the odds, 
It probably will be. Almost everyone. It probably will be. Bossa Nova, Mike, T-Rail, and you, you also said, like, are you worried that your chick is going to run off with this guy? Yeah. Well, the chances of that happening are certainly much higher than if you didn't swing. Mm. So I, I would say that, I mean, chances are, even if your chick is, like, just a nurse, there's a, it's possible she might fall for one of the doctors or one of the other ER nurses. But when, as Adam put it, she's in a hotel room with him, and then you're meeting up for brunch the next morning. You don't know what went on up there. They might have been looking into each other's eyes, and they oh might have gosh. climaxed simultaneously. Telling each other they love each other and oh, shit. I love Fuck. you. I love you, too. I want to get away from him. I want to get away from her. But then, like, okay, I'll give you another, <laughs> like, like a romance I'll novel. give you another <laughs> weird example of swinging of somebody I know. Like, this was back in the day. That, you know this uh, porn star Stormy Daniels? Yes, Trump's girl. So she was like lit back in the day. She's like a huge star. We're talking about like 20 years ago. And I was friends with a dude who was her personal assistant. And so she was married and she's got this personal assistant. They've never even flirted, whatever. And one night, her husband, this is what he told me all the time. And I actually interviewed her a while back. I should have asked her about this. I don't think I did. But she, she, she took her husband says to him as the personal assistant, like, hey, come to the hotel room tonight. I want you to fuck my girl. And the dude is just sitting in the corner eating a bowl of ice cream, watching as this little guy fucks his porn star wife right in front of him. And he said that when it was time for him to come, that he didn't want to come on her because he didn't know if the dude would get mad or not. So he came on the bedspread. <laughs> he should have just went ham. Nutted on the blanket. Yeah, I think if the guy says, hey. I need you to fuck my wife. Coming on her stomach isn't going to be too far. That's kind of freaky, Might though, well. man. That's like really wild. Hey, no, T Rail, let me see that. Uh, shit, see, T Rail, from the way T Rail asked us about this, it seemed like you were sort of into swinging or curious about it. Am mm. I off target there? Um, I'm curious of what other people are doing. I'm, I I wouldn't do it personally. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. Fuck no. Because like you said, you take my bitch off to the side, start gazing into her eyes. Oh, it's fucked. And fucking do some voodoo. Yeah. I'm <laughs> fucked. And see, that's the whole thing. It's like in my head, like me trying to like, if I was going to do it, trying to like pick a guy who's like non-threatening or whatever. I think that the fact that that's where my brain goes probably like means that I'm not supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah. Cause but, the idea of cucking is you get off on a bull. That's what they call them the bowl, bowl coming in and plowing your chick with a dick that's like twice as big as yours <laughs> i'm telling you about it trl i'm fucking telling you about how this cucking works johnny oh, sins his wife kisses sins she told me that she got into the porn game because of him i listened only, to that i listened to your interview only with shooting with him and then at a certain point she decided she wanted to start fucking other guys and it was a big mistake and she she really regrets it and she said she would come home with jizz in her hair and in her eyeballs, and she'd be washing it out. And Johnny would be like upset. I think Johnny, an account called Johnny Sins Actor with twenty seven thousand followers, follows Sledge Lords. So then, the event that Mister Sins is listening, I just want to say shout out. He's been deleted about a million times. His Instagram is like very far away from what his actual name was originally. I'm pretty mm. sure. Well, that's smart. He's like the king of getting deleted. Does your girlfriend parents uh, fully accept you? i um you know i think for me that my my girlfriend's parents are maybe like they're divorced they have their own little issues that i'm not gonna get into too much but for that reason tyrell i couldn't date a chick who's like a a jewish girl who lives in bel-air in a 12 million dollar mansion and her her dad's a real estate developer and her mom's a dentist i feel like most parents wouldn't accept me Mm. But 
hopefully soon enough, I'll be at a point in my life where I have enough money that they'll kind of have to be like, all right, we respect it. When I think about my girl's family, I think I like took it for granted that they were all so nice to me in the beginning. And now when I think about it, it really stands out to me as like, what a, what a bunch of very nice, open-minded people. Because realistically, they You're found out about her doing porn around the same time that I started dating her probably. Mm -hmm. So it would be very understandable if they kind of like blamed me in some way. And when I think about how nice they've been to me over the years, mm -hmm. it does make me think like, oh. They have been very kind. Yeah, very, very good Because people. they're supposed to be like very, very, very hardcore, shitty on your fucking head like see yeah. that's racist you know what i'm saying that's like, racist, it's racist to be <laughs> these armenian like, oh, people take issue with a white boy <laughs> no nah, but i mean you're right though yeah, yeah the armenians know. are gnarly you're fucking right are you insecure because you don't have a lot of money you feel me like you wouldn't date a, a girl from beverly hills and you her dad's money, a real estate like, yeah. like you don't have enough money to date right. like a, that type of girl or I, like I, what's, what's the insecurity there i guess I don't really keep up with the Joneses and that I don't spend any of my money. Like I um This man is the opposite of that for the record. Is that true? He's full of shit. He got nice cars, that fancy car's nice. clothes, diamonds and pearls. All this shit is free I got on. Yeah. yeah, I guess <laughs> hair transplants. <laughs> I, I, I guess part of it, do you have a hair transplant to your own? I do. We both do. No, it can it's fucking smart. Very different it's, styles. It's yeah. very comforting to know that that option's there if something happens. To I me. tried to get the doctor to give me his hair and they were gonna give him my hair, but they said it would look weird. And also cultural appropriation issues out the wazoo. Yeah. If you got that hair. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could probably pass as a black I'd probably man. start voting for Trump if I had that hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess, yeah, some part of me is insecure. TRL, probably more than one part of me. I'm sure I'm insecure about a lot of things. But in my head, I have it that until I own a home and drive a car that mm. isn't a complete embarrassment, I'm unworthy of a certain amount of love. Mm, and wow. that can be tough because in L.A., the barrier to owning a home is so high that if you own a home in Los Angeles, I mean, you're fucking killing it, dude. It can be tough. It's tough. Except Boston Nova owns a home. But he owns a home in Sacramento. Okay, good It's point. a condo, and it's next to the river, and his mom, I suspect, paid for 90%. Oh, well, come on. Damn, why are you How breaking you? Boston Nova down like that? Was the that, way he broke it down, I was able Fuck. to understand how he was able to buy a home early in his life, and I was very impressed. Boston yes. Nova, I take it all back. I just he said his mom <laughs> put him in touch with the real estate agent, so I assumed it was a. Uh, what does your girl do for a living? She is uh, well. She has an OnlyFans, and uh, she you, works at a sushi. You restaurant. fucking lying? No, I'm being serious. For real? Yeah. You, and you pay all the bills, huh? Um, I, I, the rent isn't fifty fifty, but she she pays a little bit. Me and my girl fifty fifty on everything. Fifty fifty? You and your girl fifty fifty? Everything. everything. Well, what besides is that thing? Gifts though? and shit, but in terms of like the bills and the mortgage and the car, whatever, everything. Yeah. What is that thing about? You know, oh, the man is supposed to you take care of everything, and the woman is supposed to just sit there and just throw that ass in a circle. Well, I will say this: if if me and her were in very different financial situations, like. I was saying this the other day, like when we like say I had got to the point where I'm at and you still had a job where you made 60 grand a year. Wh why would I want you to be stressed the fuck out going to this job that's not really even making a fucking dent in terms of like our expenses and everything? I would want you to just stay home and be with the kids. It's only a tough choice because she makes enough money doing her job that it and it, her job gives her so much freedom and flexibility in terms of yeah. being a parent. That it's kind of like like why would I like and but me and her have kind of always been on like similar positions like money wise and everything so it never like when we got a house it was like yeah we're gonna buy the house together we're gonna split the mortgage like 
otherwise it would seem so unequal, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah, I could have just, well, I probably couldn't have bought the house at the time I did, but if I had just bought the house and been like, yeah, you could stay here. I'm going to pay the whole mortgage myself and I own the house and mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of men say <laughs> yeah. they don't, a lot of men say if they don't pay the bills, you know, the woman starts trying to take control or, you know, try to take the lead and, you know, trying to shun you when you say something to her or they won't be as obedient to you. They won't cook you breakfast, bacon and eggs every morning. They'll say, fuck you because you don't pay everything. Um, I mean, I, that's that's probably one of the, you know, great points that they, they say you have to pay all the bills. And when you don't pay all the bills, the woman, you know, you didn't looks the other way and sometimes they say you know if you pay if you don't pay all the bills the woman cheats hey but were you have you had times in your life with heather where she was doing very very well for herself and you weren't doing quite as well yes did I, you feel like it kind of changed like the an, dynamic to a certain extent i feel or like, like an asshole yeah that's got to <laughs> be a weird feeling to kind of weather like fuck that's motivating i'm not though. doing shit with my life my life is ending mm. Mm. i don't know what to do here i don't know where i you know what can i do like did you feel you know, like she that, has all right to say fuck me right now did you feel like that up until like podcasting came around or were you making yourself useful you, enough with the business that you didn't feel like that before? well i started making it i started making money but i didn't i start like making a name for myself and start saying you know get into the to the mode to where I, I felt like, you know, I found the my identity again, you mm. know. So then I I did when I got into the podcasting space, it did, you know, make me feel like, okay, I, I, I have a, a an identity. I recreated myself and, you know, it's giving me some traction now. And, you know, I'm back to being T Real because at a at a certain point I felt like, damn, like, who the fuck am I? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I was a fucking sidekick for a fucking six, seven years. I can't fucking believe that. Like, and all those years go on and you don't even notice until it's all gone. And, you know, now I'm a fucking nobody. I'm still successful in my own right because of the things that I created while I was with him. But you're kind of behind the scenes with but the clothing But, yeah, I was just things, behind right? the scenes and I was just like T-Rail, the guy that was always behind the scenes. But, yeah, when I got here, and you know, and I started talking on this fucking very mic right here it changed this my one, life that sure right there yeah. mike, we confirm that? <laughs> got my name on it it <laughs> changed me like i was under that light and i started talking i was like this is it it's over mm. yeah so it definitely you know gave me my identity back there was definitely sure. early on with no jumper when it was struggling 2018 yeah there was definitely time periods where i was like just barely holding it together money-wise and my girl was fucking killing it damn how yeah. did that because yeah i'm kind of curious about this there is a girl like Lena who is just absolutely crushing it. In any other relationship, she would be the breadwinner by a huge margin, but you're crushing it too. What do you guys think is like the ideal type of partner? Because there's basically a pure sugar baby who she makes breakfast, as you said. She keeps the house up, and she is just there to raise the children. She doesn't work. You support her. Then there's like a mid-level thing, which, Adam, you brought up. The girl's making 60 grand. She works a 9 to 5, has the weekends totally to herself, a very balanced lifestyle. And then there is the boss bitch. There's the Judge Judy, the Martha Stewart, who were just fucking crushing it. And I'm talking about like a younger, hotter version of whatever that would be, a 38-year-old girl who's a fucking high- In a big company. Who? What's that? 
the M M Emily Ratatouille, whatever the fuck her name is. There we no? go. Okay, the sure. the girl in the cooking mouse cartoon, Ratatouille. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which uh, like which of those do you think is the most desirable? Not the twenty one year old. I'm gonna say that right now. That's, but, that's but, some crazy shit. When I say sugar baby, I'm not talking necessarily about a super young girl. Maybe even a okay. girl who's just a housewife. Right. A housewife. Because each one of those things has their own problems and upsides, I guess. I like the boss bitch. You like yeah, that? I like Me the too. trophy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you're looking at her, it's just like, you know, oh, I got this bitch. I can't believe mm. it. I shouldn't even be happy. You want to be an offset. Who am I? You, you, wanna, you are an offset. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offset all the way. Uh, offset is Cardi B's husband. Yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> him. I, let me play the side. I, sh I, I like a bitch that I shouldn't even be, I shouldn't even be talking to her. I'm in awe when I look at her get dressed. See, I couldn't imagine myself having, like, a super whatever doing God knows what ass girlfriend. My question is more like, would I be able to have a girl who is just a mom and just a stay at home? Like, like what would that Fuck be? No. Like? I feel like they would just be stewing away in that house, slowly losing their mind. Like, yeah. I, I'm very glad that Lena has like her job and shit that she's excited about like that. Because if it was just the house and the kids, no. I feel like she would lose it. And I feel like also I, I feel she like would. I would lose it. I, I yeah. feel like she would start to find problems in the relationship that weren't there yeah. because all there is is time to think about the relationship. Right. What are you doing? Where are you at? When are you coming home? Yeah. How are you doing it? Exactly. To be fair, though, I've made it incredibly easy on her by, like, never going out or partying or doing anything, really. Mm -hmm. So, But do you think, oh, still, too, girls are kind of fucking crazy. Because if you're not going out, you're not doing nothing, do some, some girls will be like, okay, do the bitches even want my man anymore? Mm. Is my man even fucking attractive? Like, yeah. did you know the bitches want the, the guy that, you know, all the girls want? Yeah. So then, you know, they'll find a problem there, too. A few months after we had Parker, there was a random episode that I did on here with the Blackout Girls, and they were all drunk as fuck and, like, grabbing at me and stuff and just, like, being a little too on me. And my girl was kind of dealing with, like, the post-baby depression type thing. Where, thing. Yeah, even if she's not, like, fully depressed... There's, there's a lot of fucking head games that are going on and your your sexual vibe after you have a baby like really usually goes to just about none for a period of time so that was like kind of nice right there is like i hadn't really felt like she was attracted to me in, mm. a, in a for a significant period of time and mm -hmm. then the fact that she got jealous about those girls being a little too on me the blackout girls dude they, they solved my relationship no but it was like that that just like gave me this like important reminder in that what moment. did she say when she seen that shit what was her exact words like? What kind of attitude did she give She's you? She's just pissed. She was just mad that I was fucking allowing myself to be sort of treated like that on camera. I forget. What the fuck are you doing, Adam? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And you know, she was like, these <laughs> ugly, fat fucking bitches. That cunt. That she wouldn't cunt have said with that, the for the record. So, She's no. very body positive. Uh -huh. What the fuck are you doing? And you, and what are you doing? Like, what was your facial expression in these moments? I was probably just like, well, at least I didn't drive home. I left my car at the office. You were drinking too. <laughs> yeah, some I got drunk as fuck. Yeah. No, I was pissed because I was like, in my head, it's like, I'm such a good guy. I didn't fuck one of them. Yeah. I I, I came home. Like yeah. I didn't like I could have done God knows what. I could be out drinking, partying, doing whatever right now. Instead, I came home to you. So I feel like that in my drunk head, at least that should absolve me of all blame here. Mm -hmm. Whereas to her, it's like. I had FaceTimed her while I was with those girls, and especially one of the girls she didn't know 
the one who ended up being the one who had the affair with Tristan Thompson or oh, said she did or whatever, God. not Hayden and Rochelle. Because my girl probably wouldn't have got really jealous of Hayden and Rochelle, but it was the fact that I fucking FaceTimed her and that that, that other girl who she didn't even know like had her like arm on my leg or some shit. And that, that kind of set it off, yeah. T-Rail, you only fuck the bitches with me. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever do that shit? <laughs> yeah. Making me out here look crazy, Adam. You know when she says your name, is you fuck. No, but when you do porn with a girl, with like a three-way, and you nut too fast with the other girl. Ooh, that's, that's a, bad. It's sticky. You got to navigate that. Yeah, it's uh, you got to be careful. See, I don't know nothing about these things. You got to you you, you got to tell me what what to look out for and what what not to look out for, what to do and what well, not to do. I'll, I'll just give you this advice: is if you and Heather do ever have a threesome with a girl, just. Make sure you're really distributing your dick. Maybe not even evenly. Give Heather more of it. You have to act like mm. less interested in the other girl, even though mm. this defies all logic because obviously this is your five millionth time fucking your girl and this is your first time fucking this <laughs> other girl. So it very much makes sense that you would be a little bit more intrigued by the other girl, but you have Damn. to act as if that is not the case at all. Damn. So, but if what if That's you incredible fall asleep, advice? What dude. if you what if the girl sleeps over and then you, oh, we never done that. And then you know you you they turn slept over on the couch in the other room. Actually, fuck her back real quick. In the day. Yeah, you fucking her, and then your girl wakes up in the mo oh hell no, <laughs> <laughs> I might get beheaded <laughs> if I'm just fucking the other girl in the uh, oh man, but maybe Ooh, if you're on the but see, morning sex is wow. so good. But morning sex in a threesome, never even tried it. Ugh. And also, I have a kid now, so morning sex has ceased to exist for mm -hmm. the past few years. Which Your is baby's kinda... sleeping with you? No, but it's just like we wake up because of the kid, and then we go start dealing with the kid, hanging out with the kid. So that whole thing of like, oh, we're waking up, we're cuddling, we're going to just fuck. That's over. No, that goes away real quick. Damn, that's fucking crazy. You got to go on vacation if you want to do that. Dude, that was... You're a... not even fucking lying. Oh, yeah. You might have just... I mean, a very small percentage of the listening audience is ever going to have a threesome with two girls. Or but a baby. For, but if they're lucky, a baby. <laughs> but the 1% of the audience who's going to have a threesome at some point, that's fucking great advice that you gave about giving more dick to your own chick. But I always knew that even before I actually did it myself because I remember reading Jenna Jameson's book and she had this terrible horror story about her first threesome with this guy that she was dating and how they hooked up with a girl together and how the guy came super fast with the other girl and gave all his attention to her. So I remember reading that in the fucking Barnes & Noble when I was like 18. So uh -huh. I always had that in my head that I would have to try to abide by those mm -hmm. rules. And it worked. Once it came down to it, yeah. I had many, many threesomes with girls I didn't give a fuck about before I ever had one like in a relationship, though. Yeah. You're a cold, nasty motherfucker, man. Uh, Jenna Jameson, make love like a porn star. Are, are you yeah. are you going to get married after you buy a home? Um, yeah. I, I mean, certainly I'm not going to get married before I buy a home because buying a home is sooner on the horizon. I mean, I imagine I'll buy a home in probably the next two years. But it's infectious because, like, you know, people see me, T-Rail, AD, we're all in relationships. We all seem to be pretty settled down. Obviously, he's been with his girl way longer than me or AD. AD's only been with his girl for like two years or three years or something like that. But then you have somebody like Lush. He's single. He's still like, you know, hanging out with girls, whatever. And it's like you can kind of feel it that in his head, it's like it almost seems like he should settle down and like have a baby because like other dudes in the crew are doing it. I, I believe that there's a little bit of societal pressure. It is. It, it'll calm you because some people really actually don't know you know, and then you, it's it's like almost like you don't want to be talked about. It's an insecurity there. Like it's a stigma there. Oh, you have a girlfriend. Like, oh, you're a bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Your girlfriend's controlling you or this and that and other or you, you love Valentine's Day. 
So if you <laughs> no, so if you're around scary. like like your your guys, your homies, you know, and everybody's taking this shit serious, it you know, it comes to like, oh, this shit is like it's a good thing to do. I was so just, it is I was just watching Nori and Joe Budden, and Nori said that at one point he was on tour with Joe uh, with uh, LL Cool J, and so I'm thinking this was probably like late '90s or maybe early 2000s, and LL Cool J is bringing his wife with him on tour, and Nori says to him, "Why you bring your wife on tour?" And LL said. I never get in trouble when my wife is with me. I mean, and that is like some real shit because your girl is gonna move you away from any irrational decision making. Mm-hmm. If you want to fight a motherfucker in the club, your girl's gonna be the first person that's like, "No, don't even think about mm-hmm. it." Yada yada, you mm-hmm. know. Your girl, uh, not to mention getting caught cheating or whatever. Like, if you have your girl, with, and, but once you start to prize that, because like also if a, a young dude is listening to this, and if a nineteen-year-old rapper is listening to this. He's thinking, hell no, I'm not bringing my girl on tour. I want to fuck bitches on tour. Mm-hmm. But once you get a little older and you start to like value your safety and your you know control over your environment, it feels a lot different. It depends on what type of artist I am. If I'm a Drake mm. artist, I might leave my girl at home. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that the crazy thing about my Drake? future, you got to stay at the house. It just, it just depends on what type of bitches coming to Drake is show. the most admirable bachelor in the world because he presumably has access to more vaginas than any other man on earth, and he has still refused to settle down and has barely even been in like public relationships since he's why, been famous. Though, but why would you? You don't have to. I mean, when Rihanna is an option, a lot of guys are going to say, okay, this is the end of my uh, single life. I mean, he was in a public relationship with Rihanna. Yeah, she's probably like one of the, the main ones, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, slang and dick like he does, it's dangerous. It's dangerous post-2017. When if I'm Drake, happened. I'm requesting a fucking STD test, and I want you to be quarantined for two weeks after you take it before you are able to come over to the Calabasas See, I don't know if he's being that careful. But. You worry about STDs. Porn star, nobody fucking doing that shit. For me, yes. Uh, see, I was talking about like the hot sauce incident. Like That was the one thing that he couldn't keep under wraps recently. Oh, that's was the, the Tabasco crazy. and the condom. That's what that I would was be worried about. wasn't it? If it's not capped, that's a good idea. Yeah, Bro. because he denied it. I mean, I, I don't think anybody really ended up taking it all that serious. What, what was it? He put hot sauce on the condom? To yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a spermicidal. Everybody knows that. It's hard, it's knows hard that. for me to believe nah, this. Uh, oh, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, because you don't have a kid right now, but that one guy who was a teacher, he was a he's a transgender. He was he was cross-dressing. He was a teacher. The a, guy up in Canada with the huge tits? With the big ass, and then they yeah. caught him, like, just out and about, like, yeah. regular. Like, But as a, you know... As a father, you know, as a parent, you're right. seeing this kid, seeing your teacher like that. You know, everybody's going through this. It's just such a big ordeal. He's going through this, and just as a parent, he's playing though, dress how, up. how do you, how do you feel about that? Like he's playing dress up, and the fact that these kids are his chosen audience for him, sort of indulging in this weird fetish, is just like it's deeply fucked up. And it's I feel sick. like almost every trans person who's legitimately trans would take issue with it and say that it's completely ridiculous it makes them look stupid it makes their whole movement just look absurd yeah and yeah he's blatantly a sick fuck if you ask me i thought it was a joke for a long time dude it'd be be like as a straight teacher you go in there with spandex after having swallowed a rhino pill before class (laughs) like it's the same shit like you're just accentuating body parts that don't need to be accentuated in front of fourth graders and but that's That's different because it's still your dick this is wearing giant prosthetic breasts (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, he coming in there like Mrs. Doubtfire. One twenty. These big asses. And then you walk in the street as a regular man. It's sickening. But see that. But that, that's scary for my kids though to go to school in this yeah. day and time. Dude, it's for rough. Shit man. Like that. That's rough. And it's so we're checking out shit. private preschools right now. And sometimes when you look at the literature about the school, you can read into it and realize that there's a bunch of funky shit going on. So one of the preschools. Their avowed message is to raise anti-racist uh. children, which, you know, certainly, don't get me wrong, we don't want racist kids, but you know what that translates to, yes. is that from a very early age, your white child is going to be programmed to understand their inherent racism that they were imp- apparently born with, which to me is a complete and total load of shit, and I don't want to be sending my kid anywhere where she's going to be treated differently because of the color of her skin. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of fucking schools where this is their message, and the fact that this is being included in the pamphlets for a preschool is fucking insane. A private school, too. Yeah. It's a private school. Oh, I mean, I'm sure that's an attraction to yeah. a lot of the parents that are into this kind of shit. I, no, I was no, just that's up, crazy. I was just up in Portland, Oregon, and we walked by a Sylvan Learning Center, which is an after-school tutoring <laughs> place. All the teachers in there, all the, the tutors are masked up, like N95, hardcore COVID masks <laughs> still, and there's a big Black Lives Matter fist on the wall, which, again... Like the message, like Black Lives Matter, like Black equality is great. But the problem is, if there's the big Black Lives Matter fist, there's probably also the Pride Progress flag somewhere in there. There's yeah. probably a teacher who's going to be teaching your four year old about non binary identity. Yeah, like if our, kids, their if our that. kids hang out, we're just going to be cool about it, right? It's not yeah, like, it's like I'm not going to like sit about? my kid down and be like, listen, T Rail's kids are a few shades darker than you. <laughs> Doesn't give you an excuse <laughs> to say but anything no, weird. Imagine the parents that <laughs> do that, though. I know, it's yeah. Sickening. Yeah, that is sickening. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine the parents that do do that. That's wild, to me, right? dude. The, the worst. To even is, think about that type of shit. The worst is the parents who, and they exist. Parents who use their kids as props for their own like wokeness. For instance, there was a lady who just got up on the microphone at some city hall. She was transgendered, so a male-to-woman transgender. And she said, she mentioned in this speech that she had two transgender children herself. What are the odds of the adoptive father-to-mother being transgendered and then both of these children being transgendered? The odds are probably Zero. similar to like you getting struck by a comet throughout the rest of the day. <laughs> comet. I would say is probably like how unlikely that is. Not yeah. even in my lifetime, no, just like today. today yeah. but no, even you, right now in the, the, the duration of this podcast. Yeah. How do you feel about the, trans, the transition of teenagers doing that? Listen, this is the thing I will say is that I think it's an incredibly important discussion. Maybe one of the most important discussions that we'd be having as a society is like, when should a kid uh, transition? When should, like, how long should a parent or or should a, how should a school board be involved in this, et cetera? And the, the resistance from people, like there was a, like the New York Times has just recently started covering the fact that this is a contentious issue in the medical field. And just recently there was an article, I think it was like nytletter.com or some shit that basically was a whole bunch of different um, uh, journalists primarily who have worked in the New York Times saying that they think it's terrible that the New York Times is even engaging in this conversation publicly when there is, in fact, a ton of dispute and conversation about this happening within the medical community. And most of it is surrounding kids. That's the most contentious issue. Is at, is, what point, is at what point can a teacher take it upon themselves to help your kid 
affirm their gender identity. So at what point can a teacher start using the name Sheila when your son's name is Sean without you knowing about it? And then when can they get the doctor involved and start giving you the puberty blockers? That's the most contentious issue. And I'm definitely on the side of wait until the kid's 18. I'm, 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 I, I don't know if Which I would is go controversial. that far. Like, that's transphobic. Yeah. I don't know that. why that's controversial. Yeah. Like, it's 18. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I will say is that if I had a kid who was clearly showing signs of gender dysphoria and that they didn't believe that they actually were their they're given gender or whatever that I would want to be open-minded to it. And I don't want to like use 18 as like a hard out because there is a lot of, if somebody is going to transition eventually, there is a lot that they could do early on to sort of like stop puberty, which I understand is like a very controversial idea. But I do feel like that if your kid is truly meant to be trans, that you're probably going to be able to fucking tell, right? Like if your kid is gay, you're going to know. But how can you tell the difference between gay and trans? Those are very often conflicting. And I don't think it should be done on a whim at all. But I definitely would be open-minded about giving them puberty blockers at some point. And you're a level-headed guy, but there are so many parents who, like I said, are using their kids as a prop for their wokeness. They want nothing more than to parade a transgender child around Portland or Seattle to get themselves points. I knew the world was all fucked up in about 2012 when my mom went to like one of her best, like a a good friend of hers, her, her kids, her her daughter was a lesbian and she has a girlfriend and they had adopted a child together or one of them got pregnant or whatever. And my, my mom goes to meet them and says, oh, my God, is it a boy or a girl? And she got scorned. This is 2012. This is over 10 years ago. She got scorned for even acknowledging that there is boyhood and girlhood at birth. The the two lesbians <laughs> the wanted like six months old, and my mom is getting son for asking. Cr- oh I wonder what percentage of like gay marriages and gay couples when they do have kids together. I wonder if the percentages of the kids turning like gay. Yeah, that is. I would be interested to know. So, yeah. so you're saying like because it's kind of like a learned. You, it's almost like a learned behavior. I want to know if it is a learned behavior because if if the percentage is high, if you have a gay marriage and then the, you know that couple adopts and then that kid. Our adopts are still get pregnant. However, are you know, I wonder, you know, what is the percentage of that kid actually turning gay? Well, homosexuality. I've known enough gay kids growing up that definitely, classic homosexuality is not a choice. And the reason I believe that is because all the gay friends I had growing up, they can tell me the names of all of their boy crushes in kindergarten. They still remember their first and last names, just like you and I and me and you, Adam. We can remember the girls' names we had crushes on when we were in elementary school. But I school. feel like there's a fair amount of people who who believe that you could get molested or whatever, be be privy to some sort of sexual trauma at a young age, and that that could essentially write the, write the course gay, of what yeah. your sexuality is going to be going forward. And that that's part of it too. I think say? that is. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I just you, wonder like what percentage of adult gay people would be able to fit into that bucket of like wouldn't have been gay otherwise but had this experience and that sort of sent them on that journey i don't know i feel like a lot more of them are born gay but i agree that that's if you get molested by like a a male guardian when you're a young boy your chances of repeating that offense are very high offense yeah well oh okay you mean molesting molesting i'm I'm talking about like growing up to do consensual no, no, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about if your gym coach like diddles you when you're right. in fifth grade, okay. the chances of that fifth grader doing gay stuff to underage kids goes way up. They used to talk about it on a love line all the time. You pass it on through the generations, which is why it's so fucked up to fuck with kids. Damn. Damn changing the subject. <laughs> you, you, you ever worry about just like random people in your life? Like, 
because you hear stories about crazy shit of like oh this this kid was getting molested by this person in their life and the parents didn't fucking have any clue for like 10 12 years it really makes you feel like who the fuck oh, can you that's trust fucking crazy dog dude that's why for a long time i didn't like the fucking nannies <laughs> I, I didn't like the fucking private schools i didn't like the fucking churches i didn't want i don't i still don't let my kids like go spend a night on anybody's house really and then you know my mom used to like coach me and teach me like don't ever like sit in no uncle's lap and this is like damn really oh god like five six year old like don't ever sit in nobody's lap let them do anything to you so it's just like so for a person a even you're little she was telling you that fuck yeah what about sitting on santa claus's lap during christmas santa claus (laughs) (laughs) ain't no she told me i'm santa claus yeah she was a single mom so santa claus was out yeah, fuck she that had guy. To, you know, she had to get that shit out real quick. Damn, but, yeah, she taught, taught me about that shit, like, so early on. But it's like, damn, do I teach my kids like this this early on? Because I am I am protective, but it's like, do I teach them this like this You don't this even want to tell them what? about the possibility of that, right? Because it's just so fucking dark and weird. But then yeah, at the same time, weird. you want to encourage them to, like, hey, if anything happens, mm-hmm. you got to tell us. Mm-hmm. But you can't really do that without also explaining what kind of shit you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? My dad told me pretty young, and my dad's a judge, so he's seen plenty of cases of sexual abuse of minors, so I feel like he's got a pretty healthy, responsible attitude about how to prevent this, and he told me from when I was in third or fourth grade, like, hey, if an adult man comes around and starts touching you inappropriately and says it's going to feel good or whatever, you need to come to me immediately. You need to not let him do it. This is something that could happen to you. Damn. So I think the healthy option is you do explain it to the kids. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but it's 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 win with me. Would you, if I had a child, yeah, would you win. let me babysit your kids? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> you don't even know who Offset is. <laughs> he didn't know who Blueface was the other day. I'm like, I don't That's crazy. As you know what? We were just talking about who's the famous, who's the most famous person on the earth. Like, and we were like, Snoop Dogg's the most famous person on the earth. And they were talking, and, we're, and Duno's like, and I told Duno, if Messi, the soccer player, walked past me right now, because he named him right. as one of the people, I was like, bro, I wouldn't know who the fuck he yeah. was. I'm not even kidding you i was like and he was like well we tigers this he's um he's Tiger. famous and this rapper is famous and i was like bro everybody doesn't know everybody around the world dog. dude like, I, I say trump see, justin bieber i said that i, I said, said trump dude trump listen the, the Obama, top four that that google is suggesting is justin bieber the rock will smith and donald trump damn Bam. the rock i'm also the seeing most like elon musk jeff bezos i don't think so i don't think jeff neymar yeah. Uh, Joe Biden. I think Trump's more famous than Joe Biden. Way more famous, dude. Yeah, is Justin Snoop Bieber. not on that list. No, but, but I mean, I'm just kind of like browsing a bunch of lists here. But no, I'm not really seeing. Snoop it proved my point that certain rappers that that we look up to and that you know that we can identify with. Everybody doesn't know because you didn't know who the fuck Offset was, and that he's one of the Migos. Up, that would upset a lot of people. Who's he married to? Cardi B. Is he like, um, who was the guy who was married to Roseanne? 
Tom Arnold? <laughs> sure, he's like him in some ways. So he's just like a dead He's beat. a man. He's an American man married to a woman. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, no, it upset a lot of people. Though. You keep referencing him as if he's just baggage to Cardi B. No, like, no, no. He's just he's clowning. Well, but it is kind of crazy because... She's the, just more famous than him. The Migos have been like a huge rap group since like 2011, and Cardi B since really almost around then has, was kind of this like not... She was popular. She's viral for like making skits. She's on like, you know, reality TV shows and shit. And then around 2017, 2018, she just skyrockets and becomes like easily one of the biggest rap stars in the world. And he's still him. He's still famous and shit. But, you know, it's just, it's probably fucking weird to go from like your, your girlfriend being this chick who's like clearly below you societally and then to get to the point where she's just gigantic, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Must be odd. I wonder if chicks have trouble staying faithful because women, it's such a priority of theirs to be with a high status husband, a guy who, and it's been proven in studies that the more money a woman makes, the more conscious she is about the status of her husband. Hmm. Whereas you'd think that once she got a certain level of income, she'd be okay to marry the pool boy because she can take care of him. Not the case. They want more. Hmm. So I wonder if when that, when you get surpassed like that, if if Cardi B is looking at a Drake or is looking at the guy who founded Snapchat and Well what did happen is that she seemed to be pretty okay with him cheating on her right up until around the point where she became gigantic and that's when it started to really yeah. become an issue and she like left him at one point and, and he actually ended up going on stage at Rolling Loud's huge festival while she's performing and like having all these flowers brought out and he like asked for her to forgive him like in front of the whole fucking crowd, which which worked to his credit. We need Kevin Samuels back here. But if you're mm. a, oh if you're a wealthy woman, your options are low if you're if you're thinking like that. Because if you're thinking like that and you want a, a wealthy man on your status, the percentages of wealthy men even mm. making a hundred thousand a year are very, very low. See, uh, men when they when when they are they have the status and they make money, we don't care about a woman's status. Yeah. We'll take the bottom of the barrel oh, yeah. and then we'll build her ass up. Yeah. The bottom so, of the yeah. barrel in terms of money. But in we, terms of money. You want yeah. a smoking hot cocktail server, even if she's yeah, broke. But you, she's sure. got to be hot. But don't you think that, a like, I mean, number one, I would say offset, he might not be Drake, but he's a top tier guy yeah, top, in the world that sure. she's in. So I feel like that's probably a, a good. But yeah. also, I feel like. For for a top tier woman in rap to date a top tier rapper is like incredibly difficult in some respects, and that's why I think you see somebody like Nicki Minaj going back and marrying the guy that she was in high school dating, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, she definitely did Safari wrong. Yeah, and she tried to go the high value route with Meek Mill, and it, you know we saw how complicated that got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty mm -hmm. complicated. You probably have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Meek Mill. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a funny name, right? It's fucking hilarious. And, and I can Safari. Feel him over here we haven't had to fuck. think about that name in like ten yeah. years. So. You don't know who Meek Mill is. And I don't know who Safari is, is either. Okay, is, is, is this Safari is, is is his mascot a tiger? I don't know, dude. Are Probably. you into sports? Yeah, I'm into football. You're into football. At least you're into He's fucking into football. football. Yeah. Fuck, I watched the Super Bowl. I, you didn't watch the Super Bowl. I did Bowl? watch it. Oh, great! I tried yeah. to understand what was going on. There we go. I got some takes on the Super Bowl. That's the thing. I'm uh, a couple weeks late. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. The Super Bowl. You want my <laughs> yeah, take? That's uh, your I, don't take. I don't have that good of a take in the Super Bowl. I uh, I got nothing. I streamed the game illegally. Okay. And that made the viewing experience very, very poor. 
the ads this year, a little less woke than they were last year, which I liked. There were a couple ads about Jesus, a couple ads about the country coming together, which was heartwarming to me. The national anthem was beautiful. The guy who came out there with the guitar. I thought the halftime show, after the spectacle of last year where we had Eminem and we had Snoop and 50 Cent was a fucking vampire hanging upside down. This felt like, have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes. Yeah. It felt like that episode of Breaking Bad where the two guys are just like standing there talking to each other the whole fucking episode. Where it's like, uh, that happens sometime oh, in I kind of vaguely remember this. What were they talking about? It's called about? The Fly. Oh, yeah. The Fly. Right. It, it's That happens when a production runs out of money and they just need to push out an episode that costs essentially zero dollars. They called, should do a Clips episode. They should. With all the funny things that happened like earlier in the season. They've done that with cartoons. <laughs> like The Simpsons used to do oh, that. Oh, the Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Everybody used to do that. That was super common. I felt like the Rihanna halftime show was that. I felt like they'd run out of money. They'd shot their fucking wad last year. And so Rihanna was just going to basically float around on some platforms with the same dancers doing the same shit the whole show. Wasn't bad, though. I loved the game. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the holding call was technically a hold, but I thought they should not have called it. And I think that ref must be like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I ruined a classic Super Bowl by denying Jalen Hurts the opportunity to go down the field and try to win the game. The thing about that when refs do that, and they, they have those fucked up calls, we never see these refs again. Mm-hmm. We don't care about them. Their name is not brought up in the media. It's it's just lights out. So they can that just, just get tells rid of the refs that, like that? Like, bro, like they, that just tells me that there's bets going on all over this shit. You feel me? Like I was a Sacramento Kings fan when I was a kid. And they got they're most famously fucked over by the refs against the Lakers. Oh yeah. We fucked y'all but over. Are, Sorry, are the, I'm a Lakers fan. Aren't the refs aren't the refs like part of a commission that the NFL doesn't control? Because my only yep. knowledge of this is like oh, God, the, they is are. the UFC where uh-huh. Dana White can like publicly disparage the refs and say this guy's a fucking idiot. Forty five minute Mazagati. But he's not really in the position to say this guy's not allowed to Mm-hmm. do this job anymore you know i think what uh tyrell saying though is like you can dude fucking for amount for a certain amount of money any ref will throw any flag and all you got to do is catch one of those refs in a target a week before the game and be like hey do here's really 1.2 they're, they're all crooked though not all but they are uh most are and you know they have documentaries on these even like uh if you youtube it if you youtube Allen iverson and referees right it's gonna be crazy mm. they're calling calls on him for anything why was like, that why were they going after him he just was an asshole you know what i'm saying he didn't listen and you know once the committee gets against you goes against you it's over with so him rasheed wallace uh, it was a bunch of guys that they 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 went against like that, and it was it was blatant, it was obvious, but they still played the game. But uh, you know, of course, I mean, Vegas Vegas has a lot to do with this shit for real. If you really look into it, it's really 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 blatant the calls that they call and when they do it, and mm-hmm. some shit is just like touchy feeling. Like they shouldn't have called that mm-hmm. as a whole. They shouldn't have did that yeah. shit. But so like, oh, thing. like what the fuck? We already know that's gonna be that's gonna be the cause of the game right there. Is that yeah. when he dove and grabbed his ankle? No, but he like held his waist just a little. I bit. I shouldn't even try to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, basically, dude, it felt like it felt like when you you lock down the chick you've been trying to fuck for a year. Perfect date. You bring her back to her place or your place. You guys are uh, you're buzzed. She starts blowing you. You start fucking her. And then, like, your fucking dad walks into the house and pays you a surprise visit. and You don't get to come like that's what it felt like. You know, because that happens to us a lot, right? Our dad walks in on us getting laid. But no, it just it felt like no the dad. biggest anti-climax. My mom did one time. 
there your you mom go. walked in on you? <coughs> it was my 16th birthday, and my girlfriend at the time had said that she was going to give me a blowjob with whipped cream for my birthday. <laughs> Nothing better than that, my right? My mom walked in on it. Getting a blowjob. Did she close the door or did she look? No, she stood right fucking there and said, yo, I'm going to stop what you're doing. She was so See, mad. that's what happened to the Super Bowl. She didn't that's close the was. door. I was so mad. I started yelling at my mom. Mom, get the fuck out of here. My girl at the time was like, no. I was like, shut the fuck up, Adam. Uh, let me break this down for you, Adam. It sucked. You getting blown with a mouthful of whipped cream, that was your Super Bowl. <laughs> and your mom opening the door the ref. was the unnecessary holding call. Right, okay. Wow. And she could have just walked out and just let the play go. It's my fucking birthday. <laughs> it would have been a classic, yeah. baby. How long do you think this is going to take? Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> Not even. But, dude, that Super Bowl would have been a fucking classic, classic. if we got that. Because the ending is like, you need that. That's what makes a game immortal. Like the Seahawks-Patriots game. Like the C the fucking Russell interception on the goal line. Like the Tom Brady comeback. Uh, that like, fucking, and that fucking game is going to always haunt Russell because all he had to do was give it to Marshawn Lynch. He just ran it in. It would have been a no-brainer. He fucking threw it on the fucking goal line like a dumbass. Yeah. And at least he got his ring first. At least they all had fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> My boy Adam don't know what the fuck's going on. No, but I like I, I want to like be a sports guy, but dude, like the other day I went, you, you know, you can't be a sports guy because the sports guy identified with you like Stephen A. Smith. Those guys are who you identify with. You should I, study those guys. The, and that is what that is the reason why I'm interested in sports is just because I see the sports ecosystem of people having conversations mm. about it and it makes me want to be a more well-rounded broadcaster and be able to have some degree of conversation about this shit. The thing is, by ignoring uh, you know, basketball, football, like I've I've cleared up so much space for me to know all kinds of other things. So mm -hmm. it's like that's kind of the problem is I think if I were to start watching some large number of basketball and football games, bro, I'm gonna have to really stop doing a bunch of other things. No, you don't even have to you can watch the games, but they have podcasts too. Listen in and then go just look at their clips because they we have clips too. Sports I think that would be clips. a lot cooler than becoming like a sneaker guy just so I can go on some sneaker podcasts, which nah, is to me that's is way cooler, one of the sure. gayer like plot twists that an entertainer can have. Uh, the sneaker guy, that shit is out. I've decided pretty much that I'm done with the whole sneaker thing. Like every every time I've ever bought an expensive pair of shoes, it ends up making me not happy with the purchase. But sneakers are just like a feeling that gives you just personally. You don't have to actually have to be a sneaker head. I know you love getting dressed. Come on, dog. I just don't really share in it so much. Yes, you do. You I like just gave away so much of my closet to the editing wing of this building. And you oh didn't my give me god! None? Is that what Bossa Nova's wearing? I don't Gucci? feel like you would want. No, it's not Gucci. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you wouldn't want my leftover clothes because every time I ever brought in a bunch of leftover clothes and the, and like a bunch of the employers are going through it, and AD was there, I noticed AD was like not going through it because I feel like that would be a little too beneath him, right? I mean, and if it's Gucci, I'm touching it. Boss. If it's Gucci, okay. It, yeah. As, as, as far as sports. Like I think the main reason that I watch sports is because the amount of times I've talked about football on a podcast is this is probably the first time in like two months, so and, it, and it's Leo, been the playoffs. It's not valid conversation on a on your podcast. No, it's not a valid conversation on there. You have either. to both have it in common. It's like a fucking language. Yes, and also yeah. the fan base needs to be invested in it, which I have no reason to believe that the fan base of this show or my podcast is. Yeah. But what I like about sports is. I love going back and I love watching 
an NFC championship game or an AFC championship game where Tom Brady's out there, Gronkowski's knocked out with a concussion, Julian Edelman just broke a rib. He's got a bunch of scrubs he's got to throw the ball to, but he's got two minutes left. He's at his own five-yard line, and he's got to get the job done because all anybody's going to remember is if he won or lost. And regardless he gets the, the job fucking done. That inspires me. Like, I wake up with a cold. It's 5 a.m. I got to catch a flight to the other side of the country to go shoot a vlog. I don't want to do it, but I remember watching Tom Brady go do what he did in Kansas City against the Chiefs in 2018, and it's inspiration. And you need to know him. Tom Brady. Seven Super Bowl rings. Well, he's retired, so maybe I should start with active 45 players. 45 years old, seven <laughs> Super Bowl rings. Right. I should start with active players. He's going to ride off Brady because he's retired. I think they're trying to give him a deal for like $300 million to be I'm a I'm not going to have here. any good takes about this guy who's just doing commentary. Yeah. You know, like uh, like the other day after the Super Bowl, or, or the other day, I, I, I did cardio for an hour, and then I get in the car, and I make breakfast, and I fucking drove to the office. So that's like two hours of podcast listening. I put on Brilliant Idiots. I put on the Matt and Shane pod, the secret podcast or whatever. I, I put on some other podcast. I'm listening to a bunch of different podcasts. Everybody's talking about the fucking Super Bowl. Charlemagne and, and Andrew Schultz talking about Kyrie Irving and what kind of person he is and you know what he brings to a franchise, all this shit. And I'm just like, God, it feels so shitty to be a fly on the wall, only able to listen, yeah. but I cannot speak the language because uh. in order to speak the language, you have to consume many, many, many hours of, of this content and be familiar with these guys from early in their career. I'm never going to have a good yeah. take on sports unless I really submerge myself in this shit. Fucking Shannon Sharp and, and uh, Stephen A. Smith called... Uh, my boy, a gangbanger. Um, Kyrie? Kyrie? Uh, John Morant. Mm-hmm. Called John Morant a gangbanger. And you, do you know the story behind this? I don't. I don't even know who he that He gets is. into it. He gets into it on the court. His, he has a bunch of friends and his brothers with him or whatever the case may be, family members. After the game, his, fa- his, 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 fa- his friends and family members go get into the car, go into the uh, opposing team's bus on the side of the bus, raises a, a fucking um, laser to the car, and they think it's a gun. And they're going, they were hysterical. Do not but, bring your homies around, is my advice so on that this, one. Yeah, Wait, so this, would they were like, sharp, your homies not, who don't know that that's a bad idea. <laughs> that was the whole thing. So you would have knew about that. You'd have been crazy. like, bro, that's a bad idea. Yeah. You're stupid as fuck. You don't come from that. You come from a fucking great home, great school. Like, what are you doing? You don't gaming. Don't get into this too late for all of that mm. shit. What? Like, they were going crazy. These are some stories you need to be going, you need to know because there's so much drama in sports too. Like mm. and that you could communicate with like Andrew Schwartz and then like Charlemagne and like that's great communication you can have like yeah. great dialogue you have with sports and you'll kill it. Mm. You, you, you do raise a pretty interesting point though, Adam. Like sports is the only subject that is pretty much like you're speaking Chinese if the audience doesn't listen to or watch sports. Well, but there's a lot of that in general. If you didn't know anything about rappers and you were to listen to us having a conversation about that's Young true. Boy and Dirk and that's the true. beef and yada yada, like, but, it would sound kind of crazy. Pussy though. That's a universal language. Pussy right is universal language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, agree yeah, on that. Boys. You don't even have to speak. You can speak body language. <laughs> I think everybody. Pussy, got that. drugs. Well, there's like a few things that like everybody has in common, right? Yeah. Pussy yeah. And drugs. I remember a cop telling me at a young age. He goes, "If you see a bunch of people of different races hanging out, it's probably because of drugs." <laughs> Which is like pretty racist, but also like I've kind of noticed that throughout my life is that if you see like a documentary about a crack house. You will see a whole shitload of people who don't look like they would normally be hanging out in there together. So there are upsides of fentanyl. 
Damn, why we just can't be fucking friends? Like, <laughs> it would just be crack buddies. Like, hey. And here's a bunch of fucking different races. We all friends. Hey, hey T-Rail, yeah. this is our crack. Yeah. This is what yeah, brings us together real. right here. These podcasts. Podding. I'm podding for sure. This, I mean, it's brought me a an accused racist currently leaning on an American flag here with T-Rail. Are you the, fucking shitting on Martin Luther King? <laughs> I did not know <laughs> that. Dog, the come Danny on. Mullen... Uh, and I privated that. I took that video down. I deleted that Wait, video. Wait, did you okay. really? I deleted the video, yeah. That's great. Wow. No, I thought the fucking offensive part, but also the, the the funniest part by far was when you had that fucking kid lay on the ground. <laughs> you did like a seance like of where his homie got killed. Dude, it was... Uh, I, I think that was fucking hilarious. I, I stand by the getting smoked candlelight vigil the, the kids were so thing, fried off zans that 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 was why it was yeah. funny dude like if i had had to do it again i would absolutely have not allowed the martin luther king thing i just i feel like being a youtuber especially back then in 2020 when you first get a little bit of juice on youtube there's so much pressure to keep it going that it it almost makes you lose your mind you're so worried about your audience disappearing and you have to go back to working a regular job that you start to do crazy shit mm. thinking that's the only way to keep your audience around. And 2020 was the worst year for that for me. It's when I was doing stuff that was just sensational and disrespectful and shocking just because I thought it was the only way to, to stay in favor in the algorithm. And so if I could do that again, I would not have done the Martin Luther King thing. And I, that's why I deleted that video. I think I think being here just showed me the consistency and just you know throwing out content as much as you can. Uh, I, I don't you know chasing a viral moment really is is not a, it's you don't have to do that all the time. You know, it, I was up at like was this before or after you faked that fight with Smack. <laughs> Fuck you, man. That was real. <laughs> I was put Smack to bed. <laughs> Smack was That's the guy crazy. I met earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smack was classic, dude. And hey, you know, I woke up at four in the morning, like, it, I, just random, like, some shit called SB mowing. And I was just some guy walking around, knocking on random people's door and just cutting their grass because it was just all grew out in the backyards and the front yards. And I just found myself watching that shit for an hour. And I look, I'm like, this guy has 600,000 subscribers, millions of views, and all he's doing is cutting grass out here. Just charity? So, he would go around doing that's it That's it, asking dog. Mm. Just go around and knock on people's door, whoever need it. And yeah. they'll just go cut, cut their grass. He'll film it all. I miss cutting grass. And I'm like, bro, it's consistency is the key at this point. Like, do the shit. The people's gonna come. They're gonna watch. You're gonna build a fan base, and you're you're you'll be good. Would yeah. you use a bag on the side of the mower to collect the clippings? Uh, this, this is the shop talk the audience <laughs> wants to hear. Or would you just Fuck allow the, the clippings to be redistributed amongst the yard? I Two different just, styles. I would just money shot the rest of the lawn <laughs> with the clippings, dude. <laughs> Just let it go free. My parents forced me to start a fucking lawn mowing business when I was like 12. They made me make flyers and go hang them up at like the local fucking deli in the grocery store and oh, that's shit. That's great. Dude, think how good Ugh. that was for you. Though. Yeah. How long were you cutting grass? Couple years there, I was mowing lawns. You, you know. was mowing lawns? That's, was like 20 that's bucks tight. a lawn. That's like, dope, yeah. dude. How many lawns you had? I mean, I, I, it was like a bad pattern where I didn't really want to be doing it, so I would like inevitably like do a bad job and get fired as the the, the groundskeeper. <laughs> so I feel like that was really what held me back. You're at least making the five hundred a week. Hell no, I was maybe making like a hundred at most a week. I was maybe having like five people five at a time lines? or some shit. So humiliating walking the fucking mower like fucking a mile or two to go mow oh, a lawn. You had the because I didn't have a car or anything. I'm young as I'm shit. I'm thinking he got a pickup truck. Fuck, you had the, so. This is only the people in the neighborhood. You had to walk the mower around. 
It was Fuck. humiliating. But then I remember also I had a summer where I was probably like 10 and I spent the summer, me and my friend, riding our bikes all around town. Every day we just ride our bikes around and pick up the Marlboro Miles off the ground. And by the end of that summer, I got a backpack. So you would pick up the expendable or the exp- the thrown away Marlboro yes. cartons, which have prizes on the back. It's like a frequent flyer miles. Right. And you were able to redeem a ton of these for only a backpack. <laughs> it was maybe like a $40 backpack. And I remember that the first thing I did was I oh took the Marlboro God. patch off and sewed like a Nirvana patch over where the the, the patch was. What and a I, dumb move, dude. And almost immediately I was like, whoa, that was a terrible idea because the Nirvana patch was like blue and yellow. It was like the Nevermind font or yeah. whatever. And it obviously looked bad on a red and black backpack. And also, a Marlboro backpack would be considered so chic now. That'd be considered badass that I was so young that I, like, lacked the ability to think about how the fact that I was probably making, like, 50 cents an hour or whatever doing this passion. At least you were into sewing, it sounds like. Did your parents make you work? Yeah, I to get a, a paintball gun when I was a kid, my dad made me mow, like, his lawn 40 times. And I lived on three acres. So that was a, a mission. How much is a paintball gun? A paintball gun was about eight hundred dollars. Okay, forty times. So each each mow is twenty dollars. If he would have had a professional mowing company come in, it would have been a lot more than fucking twenty bucks because it was yeah. three acres. It was big. But one of my first 40 jobs is like a whole year. Hey, he Almost. Me. He fucked me over a little bit, but it taught me. How often me, do you have to mow the lawn? Once a week? I would mow it every weekend. Okay. But I, when I was in community college, I had a job. I think I've told you about this, how I, I blew the money on strippers after I made it. But my buddies, when the, the market collapsed in 2008 and all these people lost their houses, my buddies had a, comp, uh, a business where they would send crews around to maintain the lawns of these foreclosed houses. So they would send me into wherever anybody, wherever people couldn't afford to pay for their house, which usually those aren't very good areas. That's where they sent my 18-year-old white ass with a push mower. <laughs> so Oak Park, Sacramento. Did you have a bag? Clear Lake. Did I get a bag? Did you have the bag on the side? No bag, dude. You I were told just you. Redistributing. Okay. I didn't give a fuck about this house okay. in Oak Park, dude. Fucking redistribute Oak that Park. shit everywhere. Dude. Is it Oak Park where uh, <laughs> a famous hood from out there? Super famous hood. Damn, Except, that's lit, dude. There were times where I thought my truck was not gonna be there. You should have vlogged. Once this. I got done mowing the lawn, I, I mowed lawns <laughs> in the worst hood in Sacramento. Damn, that's such an ill title. Damn, <laughs> there, dude. There would be times, TRL, where I would go to a house where it, it wasn't like the guy he had just bought in the place realized he couldn't afford it and the bank had foreclosed. It was like a hermit moved in there in 1948 had died in the year 2001 and the place had been dormant until I showed up in 2009. So I pull up and there are places where the grass and the weeds were literally 10 feet tall and you couldn't tell if there is this a playground? Is this a dead animal? Is this a rock? What is underneath here blocking my mower? And there would be times where I'd have to get a running start and <laughs> launch my mower off a bump in the ground to try to land it on top of these 10-foot weeds and mow them down with my push mower. If you destroyed the push mower, would that be a bad thing in terms of how much you were getting paid for this? Or would that have just been like, oh, you get to spend some time getting this fixed and not focused on your job? Mm. Well, I wasn't paid hourly. I was paid by the lot. Oh, wow. The lawnmower was, they're very durable. But they're like some of these fucking lots that were super fucked up, it would be like, hey, if you fucking mow this shit, I don't care if it takes you all day, you get $900. 
$900 because this thing is so fucked up and all the other people we've sent there, even the Latinos are like, no, I, no can do, sir. I can't, I can't mow the law. That shit was crazy down there. But I was like the white Mexican for a year and they'd send me in and I would just fucking just charge that shit with my push mower, dude. You, you learn a lot mowing some lawns. You do a lot of time to think. You do. Except I had a giant like CD player in my pocket, in my cargo shorts. You had a Walkman. Yeah, probably a Walkman at some point too. Actually, it might have been early enough that it wasn't a CD player; it was a Walkman. Do you do you guys ever regret? I guess for you guys, music has been a bigger part of your lives than for me. But I like look back and regret that. Like, why was I listening to the third Led Zeppelin album on repeat when I was seventeen years old instead of listening to a podcast or an audio book? It just seems mm. like a wasted time when I look back on mm. some of those afternoons I listening didn't even to have CDs. That option. I didn't even know about podcasts until. Like I don't know, ten years ago, eleven, I thought, twelve I, years I, ago. I thought my I wouldn't say podcast, but listening to like radio talk shows. When I did that as at a young age, I felt like I was wasting my time listening to that shit. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I remember. I I'd rather listen to music. I would have days growing up where it was like a summer day, and you just wake up, and I would just put the TV on, and I would just watch TV until my fucking parents got home from work, and that was just like my whole day. And yeah. I remember just like realizing really early on, like, "Wow, like that shit really sucks you in. It's so goddamn easy to just get sucked into this fucking vortex of content." And think about how much more addictive it is for kids these days. It's probably so hard to get them to leave the house when they want to just sit on Twitch and watch these fucking creators for eight hours in a row, right? What are you guys going to do to make sure your kids don't get sucked into the TikTok and just become the zombies Not the Chinese Not give them a phone until they're 16, probably? Is, is that what you're going to do? Well, What's up with your kids, dear? My baby is sucked into TikTok. Already? Already it's happened? My seven-year-old is sucked into TikTok. My 13-year-old <laughs> surprisingly doesn't give a fuck really? about anything. What What is she into? Uh, she's into uh, art. She loves to draw. But wow, my seven-year-old is in. She's she's in love with art too. And then my son, he thinks he's you know he's Chris Brown. He's dancing all around this bitch. So mm, any he dance, he's beating doing the shit it. out of chicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> I mean, my kid. It's like my, all I know about Chris. Brown. Chris is at the point now <laughs> where she could sit in front of the phone and be watching a cartoon and just woof and like swipe through the list of like upcoming videos and just pick another one and it's it's fucked up because sometimes i have to do this when i take a shower i'll set her up with the phone like okay here you go you watch hakuna matata for fucking five minutes while i take a shower and then she's watched 10 videos by the time i get out of the shower because she's watching like 30 seconds of one and then skipping to the next one so she's basically curating a tiktok style experience even though it's actually youtube with longer clips Damn. which is kind of scary to just think about like how easy it like like how do you get a kid excited about books when they're already like fine-tuned to appreciate tiktok you know? audio books is gonna be number one actually reading a book mm. that's probably some vacation shit you one know of, on vacation i've seen a lot of people poolside reading books and i was like hmm like are you reading books at home too yeah but it's like should i <laughs> i have a lot of downtime should i try to do this shit maybe i should get an interesting book and maybe do that too but Am I wasting my time doing that on vacation poolside? I don't know, but it's just so much shit going home, on at home and shit. It's like not enough time for me. I feel to like people go on vacation book. to read a book by the pool. Like yeah. that is like the whole thing. Is like I haven't read a book all fucking year, but I'm gonna read this book by the pool right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm not sure why they like even my girl. Like when I ask her like, what would you be doing more of if you didn't have a kid? She's like, 
I'll probably like hang out in coffee shops and like read books and like, you know, journal and shit more. You know, <laughs> like it's just like a thing that once you become a parent, yeah. you really like fetishize the fact that you used to have a bunch of free time to do whatever the fuck you wanted. So much free time. And when you, do, but you don't know that you have that much free time until you have the kid and all your free time is sapped up by the Go kid. On. And you want you want the kid to take up all your time because you feel like if you're not spending time with the kid, then you're wasting these like crucial developmental years that you know that you're going to be missing them being a cute ass two year old for the rest of their life of your life. So you want to spend as much time with them as possible while also realizing that, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot to do like besides to just sort of be in the moment with them and just facilitate them just having fun, you know? Yeah, for sure. The thing about reading for me, that's nice. I read on the weekends sometimes is, uh, when you're reading a book by a pool in Mexico or on your couch, that's the only way when I'm taking a day off to ensure that I don't get stressed out about shit that I don't need to get stressed out about. It's so easy to wake up on Sunday morning, which Sunday is usually my off day, to open my phone and to accidentally see a group text like, new video just got age restricted. New thumbnail looks like shit. Danny, what do we do? And then you can't help but start to think about work. And then you're like, fuck, this sucks. Let me go check this out real quick. And then you get on YouTube and you go to your analytics like, ah, oh, the new video is bombing. Now that's something else to feel like shit about. Whereas if you just fucking keep the phone off and read a book, it's safe entertainment in that you're not going to get distracted by the things that make you exhausted during the week. Well, think, like about think about this choice. On any given night, I have a list. Like at one point, I did a bunch of Googling and I found a bunch of lists of the best documentaries of all time. And I made this, this big list of like all the ones that stood out to me that I really wanted to watch. So probably about hour and a half, two hours on average that that would take me to watch and would presumably be like a very important experience for me watching that kind of thing since the descriptions I've read of these uh, make it sound pretty incredible. But far more often, a night for me if I have two hours to just sort of watch shit is going to be like me watching him talk about somebody that I know. Uh, last night I'm watching academics talk about Ruby Rose unfollowing him. You know, I'm, I'm watching a video about some fucking that the Ace family are getting sued by somebody else. All this sort of like frivolous information that realistically like I guess it's good for me to know about for my career. But then at the same time, it's like like what does it say about you if you spend the vast majority of your time consuming information that is so just sort of like wasteful and pointless right mm -hmm. i mean but what is the other information that you well you, you could be reading book, the bible you could read shakespeare i mean but fuck <laughs> only those two though that's yeah, all you can read those two. <laughs> <laughs> both sound exceedingly boring but <laughs> what are some of the things that stress you out right now you know currently I would say mostly just like existential shit. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, like what what am I building? What is this like? What like I don't know. Like, is this the best use of my time? That's the kind of stuff I stress about. It's not even like stress, but it's like that's no kind of like what I'm pondering is like, okay, you've built this thing. This is cool. Like, should you build? this other thing under this brand name should you just keep doing what you've been doing like and i don't know it's just that that's kind of what i think about i guess do you when you say you've had an existential thing going on with what you've built here because what you've built is clearly very very successful is that you is it that you think no jumper isn't a meaningful 
operation and that it's people talking shit about hip hoppers and talking shit about each other and talking about getting pussy. Sometimes that is a little weird. Like, like what are we actually talking about here? Like, are we still going to be talking about what we've been talking about this month, like two years from now? Like, where does this fucking go? Cause like in a lot of ways, like what we're talking about is just completely out of my hands. It's just like whatever fucking is going on. It's not like I'm sending out reports to everybody. Like, Hey, this is what we're going to focus on content wise this week. It just sort of happens, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cause it's like, okay, here's one way to think about it. If you're to a lot of people who are building a brand, the plan is to sell it at some point. Now that's not something I've ever really thought about, but it does occur to me that if that was what I cared about, you would care. Like if I was going to sell no jumper, what would be the things that I was really selling? It's not going to really be like the hosts and stuff so much because the hosts can really like come and go as they please. You know, like if I were to sell the company, just for an example, I've thought a lot about starting like a blog, like with website with articles and having like teams of people writing and stuff and like building up that kind of thing would be the kind of thing that would make the business quite a bit more valuable to somebody who might eventually buy it. Now, that being said, I'm not thinking at all about selling it, but it does just kind of occur to me is like, like what what are you doing in the short term and is it building long-term value or is it just sort of like creating shit in the short term that maybe doesn't have long-term value? Because I've done interviews with people that still to this day make me like a thousand plus dollars a month. So Mm. sometimes like I think about that kind of shit, like fuck, maybe, maybe I really just want to double down on just doing interviews. When I talk to somebody like Vlad and I see the way he's so focused on doing interviews, like, and not really like, doesn't really give a fuck about expanding into anything else. I don't know. It's just, that's what I think about is like how I'm choosing to distribute my labor. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure, dude. I feel like yeah. woke up like thought like, oh, I'm going to go be a dick in the fucking hood again this weekend. <laughs> like, let's do this for the 15th time. Yeah. Um, or, or the, but they, or even another way to think of it would be like, do you want to like do a live stream today and get a bunch of clips and like keep your fan base happy? Or do you want to do a documentary that might take you, you know, months to, to work on? But maybe by the end of it, you have something that is so meaningful to you that mm-hmm. it almost like maybe a lot of people love it. Maybe you don't even care that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely an Damn, issue. Damn, what you if you do. record a documentary and then you sell that to Hulu or Netflix? Exactly. But then is is that even a good thing? Because then you've created a piece of content that you no longer own. And then how many people are going to see it on Hulu and Netflix? Probably not Versus, very many more than YouTube. But it's weird because if you put it on Netflix and they really get behind it, then maybe it is a huge thing for you. But then on the other hand, you know, Andrew Callahan does the HBO documentary. We don't know how many people saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe him putting that out immediately as soon as he filmed it because it took so long for them to edit it and everything like that. Maybe because to me, I'm like when I put a piece of content out, I'm judging myself way more on how many views it gets than how much money it makes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like I way more concerned about the reach than the money, even though Dude, maybe I, that's kind of silly I don't silly think you should well. be concerned about you not owning that piece of content like um, if they do something with yeah. it that makes it valuable to you. And like, if you own you know? royalties and you get a percentage from it, I think that's great, too. But I don't think they do that. Don't they just give you money up front for it most of the time? I, I think that's know. what they do with Netflix now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They that's just the give model. You money yeah. I mean, but what if you come back and you got a certain uh, thing in your contract where you have multiple seasons or something like that? You can come back and, and redo it. I think you have to look at Netflix as like a growth engine in the sense that if you were to get a special on or do a show on Netflix, it's like they are all of a sudden invested in making you famous and they're invested in making you way, way bigger. And I just, you know, that, that certainly has value. 
but also I, I kind of resent the notion that like you've won as a entertainer if you all of a sudden get to the point where you can make stuff, put your heart into it, but then ultimately like basically just sell it off to somebody to do with whatever they please with it, you know. Even though it surely works out for a lot of people, why not sell a piece of content rather than selling your whole company? Mm. I mean, that's that. I, I, you kind of got to look at it like that. I can keep making pieces of content, sell it to you guys, but still, I, I own the the majority of this brand right here. Who you know, what I'm saying where it actually stems from. Well, because somebody like Andrew Callahan, he does the documentary on HBO, but they don't own his fucking YouTube channel. He just sells right. him this one chunk of content, mm -hmm. yeah. and then as a result. He goes on a crazy ass media tour. He's doing a million fucking interviews. Presumably, it makes it for him. It kind of backfired because he got these allegations, like kind of as a result of all that attention he was getting, which clearly makes the whole thing kind of a more dubious process. That's always how it works, dude. It pisses yeah. me off when that happens. Like Antonio Brown, the accusations came right when he started making noise on the Raiders. Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying these are invalid, these accusations, but it is always suspicious that when Deshaun wipes his Instagram and wants to change teams and he's in headlines, everybody comes out of the woodwork. And the same thing happened to Andrew Callahan. Mm. Yeah, and Bill Cosby. And Bill, you know, Bill is innocent. <laughs> Bill's, he's one of the classic comedians of our age. Adam is looking at me at this point, like what the, what Danny's done for today with offensive stuff. You're a Bill Cosby defender. No. There, I, uh, there's an old tweet that people try to use against me where I wrote... Something about like hanging out with Bill Cosby, and it was because I was at this porn star house, and there was a girl who was taking GHB, and she was just passed out on the bed, like face down, passed out. And people try to use it like like I was the one administering the GHB. I looked at, I seen that, and it it, uh, it looked like a kid. It looked like some, oh, it looked like it a like weird grown ass moment. porn star. I forget her name. I don't she know what big. the fuck you was doing. I was like, Adam's fucking crazy. But just me knowing you. I'm like, this nigga. Dude, he, the period of my life where I was doing GHB in the valley with these porn star girls was a wild one. Why didn't you take GHB? I, I got to stop using that excuse, me just knowing you, though, because you're yeah. probably fucking psycho. No, I'm all right. I'm normal. <laughs> when you take, uh, I'm, I'm not, we'll see. It remains to be seen with me. When you take GHB, like, you just go to sleep? It's like a slower process because you don't take a lot of it at once. You're kind of like taking these little shots of it or whatever, from my experience. And it's sort of like it makes you feel hot. You like want to take your hoodie off or whatever. And then at some point, though, like I would be hanging out with all these chicks and we'd all be fucking doing little shots of it and shit. You're all hanging out. You're all partying, smoking weed, whatever. And then I remember like realizing at a certain point, like, oh, they're all passed out now. And I'm about to pass out because this is like just what it does. It's, but, but before it's, you passed but, out. But it won't put you out for that long. It'll put you out for like hour maybe and then you kind of wake up like oh that was fun damn like, so you bill cosby no <laughs> but these bitches gave it to me i I would never even know where to get that shit but i was just hanging out with these porn star chicks and they got me to try it and then all of a sudden did you do that shit and molly at the same time what? crazy i'm what trying to experience that with you guys don't do GHB you want to do ghb that should be one no. of these episodes he will actually date rape oh fuck you know, TRL, I want to apologize about that. The comment I made about doing whatever to you. TRL, you might remember he, like, Kramered us last episode. He, like, popped through the door. I was like, you guys are saying some gay shit. And we were. I was saying I was going to be Adam's, like, fuck cushion, basically, on his <laughs> wedding night. But uh, I want to apologize, man. I know how scary gay rape is because I've been in that urinal at the gay bar. Mm. And I don't want to, to repeat that or have anybody else go through it. So I didn't I'm not take gonna... nothing from that. I, I said... 
a lot of people didn't know what I did before. I'm like right before you said that. I was like, I I came in the door. I said some bullshit. Uh, I so I know I know what type of person Danny is. He don't mean nothing about it. He's Even not a rapist. He's not gonna rape me. Yeah, like <laughs> he's not gonna actually do that. I like that. That's that something we him. have to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> or am I just trying to he's lower T-Rell's guard? Or am I just want to rape me, guys? I, I kill him. So don't he, worry about it. He has homies who train jujitsu. And are apparently pretty good. I heard about this. You sent me a text about it. So it has been suggested that we might, set this up? we might all get in, get the, you in, in a match. dojo. Let's do it. I, I want to get in there too. A dojo. We're doing uh, no jumper slash sludge lords BMX session, skate session, and then also Brazilian jiu jitsu. Probably not the same day because if I have any like open wounds on my shin, I feel like that would probably be bad for the jiu jitsu class. Dude, I'm tired of you and your infections. Okay, I'm just worried about what's going to happen to me here. Can you promise me that TF and them do not have staph infections? They don't. Thank you. Okay. I, I, they probably wouldn't it. have told you if they did. I, I mean, these are, these are things that can come and go. You don't report to all your male friends no, when you have a staph infection. No, actually, in the Crips, you have to report all staph infections to uh, all other Crips. Uh, There's I a newsletter. Any sure. disease. There's a sure. Discord. Yeah, <laughs> any diseases you have to report. It's like you your monthly Crip database. It's a group text. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a group text, bro. Well, that's why I always preferred you guys to the Bloods. Mm. The Bloods, they're very unhygienic. No, it's just because there's more Crips, so you're just trying to go with the, the more popular team right i am a follower dude yeah, yeah. we know whoever's in power so what's going on we out of here you out of here you look like you're ready to go i was relaxing but i can get out of here i can get out of here i can yeah. do whatever uh, i'm full of, of coffee uh, i got a nice piss built up in my I stomach big piss yeah. I'm, I'm ready for some cheetos i could they call in my name i think flacco's on stream right now i might pop in there see what the fuck they're talking about hey i've got still those fake guns i haven't returned them yet should i just go fucking menace flacco with a fake gun right now well he's on, on stream. stream i don't know okay, <laughs> <laughs> what if i'm off camera i just go hey flacco Pointed at him from a distance yeah, yeah. he might freak out he's kind <laughs> oh, of a bitch yeah. i don't want him to do that flacco is scared easily Okay, well, this was good. Are you? Uh, Lush was offended when I said that this was going to be our first African American guest on the podcast. I loved it. Yeah, it was fucking like awesome, man. Really, our awesome. first uh, binary guest as well. Straight guest. Yeah, what do you mean? No, by but we had Yuri. Uh, binary. Well, oh, you guys we had, had Yuri on here. He was our first guest, actually. Oh, yeah. We had we had Gracie Jane and Jason Ellis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've had. Now we got T. Row. This has been good. Yeah, Yuri wasn't doing much for us. He's just like a Russian stoner. But then we had... He got the weed all set up. Important. You know, it's really hard to find weed in Los Angeles. So, so I was a better guest than Yuri. I'm not... Mm. I'm just saying that we do now have this thread of diversity. Because we had Gracie Jane, Jason Ellis, Tyrell. Whereas, like, Yuri, <laughs> we just had a stoner fucking white dude. Which, like, you like know the, the accusations. Lumping gays and blacks together is funny. <laughs> like, it's, like, similar oh, in some way to you. Uh, no, they're all minorities. I need an Asian guy. Uh, dude, what's that? Now you need oh, Asian find one. We need an Asian guy. Yeah, TRL, I, uh, I appreciate you, man. I hope, I hope these rumors around No Stop Jumper it. that I'm, like, a racist, controversial guy. I hope you guys realize that that's overblown and it's, like, a character I'm playing now. And I, I don't think these guys... Take no offense in anything you're doing here. This is my whole big long-term plan: is to rehabilitate Danny's racist image <laughs> by making him befriend a bunch of black guys in the jump. You should go this get on great. stream with these guys when they get on stream. Well, I just th suggested I take a Tech Nine into one of their rooms while they're streaming, so that's that's progress. <laughs> with a black fat guy. Andrew, Sh Andrew Schultz <laughs> used to get a lot of like alt-right Andy accusations and shit, and I feel like he kind of 
He beat that at some point. I thought Andrew Schultz was black for the longest time because he kind of talks like he's ghetto. And I was like, is that okay? He like, talks he? like he's ghetto? Well, he, he just, oh, my <laughs> fucking God. Well, he talks like a black we guy. Rehabilitation just yeah. took a step backwards. <laughs> yeah. He didn't take a step. Ghetto is a slur these back. days, well, my friend. Like, if I started what talking, like, if I spoke like Andrew Schultz, you'd be I like, daddy has got to cool it. I don't okay? know if I've ever really, like, tried to picture Andrew Schultz without, like, already knowing what he looked like. But I feel like he sounds like a white man i thought he was like half black i don't know maybe he got he, a little swag to him. he's got a lot of swag Do you think he code switches a little bit on the brilliant idiots with Charlemagne or no i don't know what a code switch is it's like when you like a black like i heard ad pick up the phone and it was the bank one time uh-huh and he's just like hello yeah i would uh like to address <laughs> this issue on my check and i'm like the fuck with i'm like holy shit you don't talk like that around us so like when king croc hung around ad and house <laughs> you have to yeah you're on like, the phone with a telephone company or some shit it yeah. makes sense to switch it up right yeah no king croc did that when he came on the no jumper show around ad and around house phone i'd never heard king croc <laughs> around black guys because around us he's like yo danny i was playing this new uh this new Yu-Gi-Oh card game the other day but then i had to get online and i had to do some research on this new alt-right group i heard about but then he's like talking to fucking t-rell and eight or uh, to ad and house phone he's like yo i'm gonna keep it a buck dog <laughs> i got this to say not to mention there were like a billion end bombs so who should be scared you or ad like because he's around you a little bit more so do you actually know him I think it's. I think the code switch is great because now, yeah. now AD can get like a favorable mortgage rate when he walks into the bank, <laughs> but also he's got that hood cred, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you want to be able to do both, right? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Wow, I love it. All right, well, this has been fun. Thank you, T Rail. Great time. Everybody, right, tap into at the end of the day as well as back on Fig his channel. That's yes, a, that's a dope name. I like back on Fig. You know what Fig is? Oh yeah, Figueroa, dude. Okay. Fuck yeah. You ever been down there? I have been down there with Swolby. Well, I I don't know if I already told you this, but I tried to stop by Seven Eleven to buy some Fig Newtons when I went to his shit, <laughs> and it turns out that Seven Eleven no longer carries Fig Newtons. They're not that popular. If fig Newtons are whack, dude. Why would they? It would have been funny, right? Back it's on funny. Fig, I'm back on Fig Newtons. Yeah, and... he's crazy. I'm still thinking about you it. You ever bought a prostitute in Fig? Not on Fig. I have had sex with a prostitute though. A couple. Oh. Vegas. I'm a classy guy. Okay. One of them was black. Code switch. Gave him five steps again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's five steps ahead now. He's proving that he's, he's down with the community yeah, by acknowledging right. that he fucked a black streetwalker. <laughs> My guy, he gave her some money. She was walking the uh, the center bar of the New York, New York Hotel. That's where I picked her up. Probably was Smack. You know what I'm saying? Support smack local bang. businesses. Yeah, Smack does some business down there from what I'm told. He's a client. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> shout out to everybody who watched this. We out. <laughs>